The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primrose. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hey, how's it going? You have found Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Before we get into this week's podcast, a uh, quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, find us on Facebook, Full Scale Outdoors, also on Instagram at Full Scale underscore Outdoors, where I post uh, some pictures there. will keep you up to date with uh, how the bite's going or whatever I'm chasing, whether it's fish or fur or feathers or fungi. Ooh, look at that. I threw in the fourth F. Didn't even know I was going to do that until just now. Uh, anyways, uh, do all that. And if you are listening to this podcast, uh, please uh, subscribe, uh, rate it. Uh, a nice five-star rating would be awesome. I would appreciate it. Uh, leave some feedback. I know with uh, Apple Podcasts, it's it's a big deal in the way their algorithms work as far as getting it out there and, and suggesting it to other listeners. So I'd super appreciate uh, any of that feedback and giving it a good rating. That would be awesome. So this week's podcast is a fishing-themed one. We, in fact, actually um, recorded this on the ice on Mille Lacs Lake out of the, uh, out of the Yeti wheelhouse. Uh, it was pretty fun, pretty good time. I've known this guy for a little while. Uh, we have background in the construction industry, and we both have uh, made a move to make uh, the outdoors a profession. So uh, it's, we talk a lot about that and uh, have, a, have a few good laughs. We rip on each other. It's it's pretty funny. I like it. So I think you'll like this one. Tune in. Here is Donnie Obert on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. <laughs> oh, here we go, boys. Go. Hey. Oh, I love that sound. a good one. See, this is where the fish are supposed to just turn on and create chaos. This is, that is what's going to happen. That's what I'm hoping. 
All right, everybody. I am sitting in the Yeti on Mille Lacs Lake with Donnie Obert of Rainy Days Guide Service. And don't you also have your own uh, Obert Adventures or something? Yep, Obert's Angling Adventures on Facebook. Um, so Rainy Days Guide Service is, is a, a bit of a collaboration between 10 different uh, licensed insured captains. So we all have... Um, we all kind of have our own deals going on Facebook as well. Uh, so if, if you wanted to follow me directly on Facebook, it would be Obert's Angling Adventures. But uh, also part of a, a greater team, which is Rainy Days Guide Service up on Rainy Lake and Rainy River. Word of caution if you find him on Facebook. He's kind of he's kind of ugly. He's not really easy to look at. So S- send, your wives, <laughs> send your wives over to look at my pictures. Just kidding. So we've actually known each other, or at least about each other, for a while. As we were on the, and when I was an iron worker, you were a labor foreman. Is that right? Yep, yep, a concrete labor foreman. Yep. Working wherever that was a hospital job. And oh, you mean uh, Fairview Southdale was probably the last job we worked on yep. together, and that was uh, that was uh, you iron workers had had no brake trailer, so. You and Big Mike would would sh- shack up in ours, and you and I would talk about fishing until everybody else left the room, basically. That, uh, uh, yeah, we there's a lot of times where we didn't get brake trailers. Apparently, that's something that ironwork contractors don't feel is an actual need. Well. I mean, you have a vehicle. What do you need a brake trailer You've for? got a vehicle. You know, day, <laughs> days like today when it's 20 below zero at yeah. 15 minutes is uh, plenty of time to work. I love those. Up. Just about the time it almost starts to get warm, you got to hop back out, and then, then you're getting whist- <laughs> you're yelled at because you know, they're whistle-biting you because you, maybe you took 20 minutes instead of 15, which technically it's only supposed to be 10, so they're already cutting you a break on that five. 10-minute break, yep. They're giving <laughs> you that five out of the kindness of their heart. But I do recall when we were working together that we kind of – I brought up the idea of starting my own guide company, and since then the idea has morphed into something a little bit different. I mean, I am, I do have a guide company, if anybody's interested, and I rent out this super awesome Yeti. It's actually pretty nice in here, is it not? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty sweet shack. I, I, I've owned a couple of Yetis over the years myself. I, they put out a quality product, pretty I believe. Nice. Yep. 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 Uh, shout out to Crobits RV. That's who uh, hooked us up with the Yeti there. Awesome people, super nice, do a great job. Uh, their customer service is top-notch. So if anybody's in the market, definitely check out Krobits. That is a There's an unpaid shout-out to them just because they're awesome. Um, anyways, so uh, going back, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so we talked about this, and then you actually beat me to the punch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Next thing I know, I see on Facebook, <laughs> Donnie's, gu- Wait, Donnie's guiding now? What in the hell? So... Yeah, uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, I had an opportunity. I I, uh, I had fished in Voyagers National Park, you know, frequently for for um, probably the last twenty years. And uh, for for people that don't know, um, Rainy Lake is is be the northern part of Voyagers National Park, and then um, Namakan Lake and and Cabotogama are some of the southern southern lakes there on Voyagers National Park, and. Uh, my wife and I had vacation there and spent an awful lot of time fishing there for the last 20 years, fishing and, and camping on some of the boat-in islands. Um, That's a border water. That's that is border water, correct. Yep, 70% of you Rainy can Lake. You see Canada. Yep, 
Yep. So seventy percent of of Rainy Lake, roughly seventy percent, is in Canada, and and thirty percent is in Minnesota. But ninety eight percent of the fish are on the Canadian side. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. The, the, the uh, it seems that way. We discussed this a little bit <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit earlier today that uh, the you know there are times there are definitely times where the bite is is better on the Canadian side. Yep. It just seems like how it is. It's chasing bites. I mean, that's, as an angler, we talk about that all the time. It's like, oh, I should have been here yesterday kind of a thing. You know, actually, we stayed at uh, a lodge. Uh, this is an interesting story. Um, one I didn't think I was going to bring up today, but here we are. This is how my brain works. So I went to a sportsman show, and they had the fishbowl, like win a trip fishbowl mm-hmm. thing, yep, right? Yep, Signed yep, up, real put, popular. Put my name in there. So I get an announcement or something in the mail, like, I want a trip. <laughs> to this resort, seven days, full week. And uh, this place up in, uh, outside of Ear Falls, Ontario. Sweet. Here's the catch. It's, I want a trip, but it's minimum two occupancy. So, <laughs> okay, but still, like, sure. I find someone to go with me. We split it. Yep, it's still price. a deal, right? Yep, yep. If we're going up there for half price. So, I got my buddy Jimmy. We, we head up there. Drive all the way up there. We're super excited. We get there. It's a boat in place. There's no roads that go to the resort. Like, this is so cool. Like, this is the kind of stuff we've dreamed about. We've read about doing these far-out lake trips. Like, we're going to – we had these visions of grandeur. I remember having a conversation <laughs> with him, like, what do you think our biggest walleye is going to be? What do you think? And, of course, like, the biggest walleye was going to be 30 inches. The biggest northern was going to be probably 45. The biggest muskie would be 52 to, you know – 55 smallmouth can be eight pound smallmouth for sure solid they, those are real solid <laughs> plans realistic numbers right like super <laughs> oh it's canada for like, sure they almost yep. you don't even really have to put your line in the water yep. from what i understand yep. they just they see you and like oh you're an american they jump in your boat yeah 30 inch walleyes behind yeah. every rock every single rock and weed it's that's just how it is uh, so we get up there, we get off, people are friendly, they hand us a beer, we're like, all right, this is this trip is starting off the right way. And then we get settled in, and every day goes on, we realize this might not have been the deal we thought it was. Um, you start asking about like where to fish, because there's like a chain of lakes, and they want you to fish on the last lake. Now, I'm not using lake names on purpose. I'm not using this resort's name sure, on purpose. Sure. I don't want to run. I mean, <clears throat> if anybody deserved to be run down, you'll hear why it would be this place. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just, that's not how I operate, so I'm not going to do it. The people, if anybody's listening that knows this sounds awful familiar about a place around Ear Falls, and I can say that at least because there's only eight zillion resorts sure. around Ear Falls, Ontario. So it's kind of hard to single out, although this place is pretty well known with the locals uh for this very reason so as you ask around and you ask the guides and you ask people like oh so uh, any tips or where we should go and they always said this last lake in the chain now of course they want you to go to the last lake in the chain because as you said you can't get there by road so you have to buy gas from them now everybody knows when you buy gas at a resort dock there's a there's a markup Pretty substantial markup. Sure. This one was extra substantial markup. <laughs> you were a prisoner. But I didn't know any better. I was pretty naive. I was pretty young. I don't remember exactly what age I was, but I wasn't. I was low 20s, I'm sure. And so we're like, well, 
we're not going all I, I refuse to believe that that's the only lake in this chain that has fish so we just went off we found our own fish we did not find any 30 inch walleyes Zero. or eight pound smallmouth Is or, that right? or 50 inch muskies um we did have uh some decent pike in the you know um upper 30s you know 30 inches decent not sure. great but sure. decent you know better than you're generally going to find back home around the twin cities so we we were pretty happy um we still caught fish and we had a good time they also sell you ice at an exorbitant rate and if somebody actually did catch a trophy that they wanted to keep your trophy cost is going to spike exponentially because they turn their generators off at night so therefore you have to buy ice from them to pack your fish in so it doesn't spoil because there's no freezer so that's cool uh, so the reason they gave us a beer when we got off is because they can't legally sell beer because they don't have a liquor license. So sure, that, that was cool. <laughs> so we're like, well, well, now we got to go back into town. So midway through the week, at this at, at this point, we've kind of figured out we we may have we may have been had. This is not as good of a deal as we thought it was. Now we're let me ask you this: Were there other customers in camp? Oh yeah. Oh, there were. Yeah. Like full-paying customers. Yep, yep, full-paying customers. And who had all won trips. Well, now those aren't full-paying customers, Dale. That's what I was asking. Was, well, that, was everybody there on the same ticket as you? Yes. Uh-huh. There were no okay. return customers to this place. <laughs> That's what I was These were all at. winners. That's what I was asking. <laughs> so we, go in, we already have a pretty bad taste in our mouth for this place. Midweek, you run in. We need a beer run because you can't buy any there, and we didn't think to bring any. And uh, just needed a change of scenery. So we take the boat back to landing. We drive into town and go into the local bait shop. And uh, we're striking up a conversation. Turns out the bait shop owner is originally from Wisconsin. So we have a really fun Vikings versus Packers uh, little shit talking session. He's really cool about it. His wife is a, a Vikings fan. So he's fully versed in, in, the, uh, in the shit talking. Um, and he's like, oh, so where are you guys staying? And we said the name of the resort. And he goes, huh. Who won the trip? <laughs> and it was right then and there that all our suspicions had come true. So we had a long conversation with him about how the uh, generally the community are not big fans of him. Uh, there's a way they operate like that. They don't have return customers. Um, this like That's how they get people in there is by giving them away trips. And what I say is they're full-paying customers as we were because – they charge twice as much as any other resort in the area. So you didn't actually win shit knowing you were going to get somebody and split the cost. The cost you split is the same cost as if you went to a different resort without winning anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but once we realized that, it's like, okay, we're here now. We could piss and moan about it or we could just go fish. We're still in Canada. Uh, it's still beautiful. It's still, you know, let's just, let's go fishing and have a good time and make the best of it. And we did. And we, I mean, we're hardcore. We, you know, it's dark to dark or light to light, however you want to want to say it. We were up with the sun and we fished till it went down. Uh, just, and in Canada in the summertime, this was July. So it doesn't get dark till 1030 at oh, night. Some long ass yeah. days. Yeah, it's, it's really cool up there. There's days that I'll run. Like, I don't know, you really went off on a wild-ass tangent mm. there. 
I'm oh. like an expert at it. If, if somebody ever get paid for tangents, I would be like a millionaire. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, we. I actually uh, some days we'll run. Um, we get we get so so busy and so booked that uh, our our standard trips run eight to four, and uh, there are there are days there in the in the peak of summer when I'll actually run a half day trip after. Because sure. you still yeah, have you, enough there's, daylight. There's enough light. What else yep. are you gonna do? Yep, and you're I going mean, fishing anyways. Right, and most days, <laughs> yep, I was for most days I was going fishing after work anyways. A lot of guys ask me, uh, you know, um, God has has being a, a full time guide wrecked fishing for you, and that's that's kind of my standard answer is if if I quit fishing after work, um, then I'll know, you know, then, yeah, then I'll know sure. that that. Um, Oh, there are days for sure. You know, if you're oh, well. if you're out battling five foot waves all day and and uh, the fish and the bites tough. And there's some days you bet. You know, you you put the boat in the lift and you're done. You're not. Gonna, but that's not what I, I mean. If there if there comes a time when I just don't enjoy it anymore, then I think I can say yeah. I wonder guy, if guiding a, has wrecked it. But I wonder if there's like a graph out there of the of of guides that washed out. I bet it's not that high. I mean, you're not even gonna really think about becoming a guide whether it's fishing or hunting or otherwise, if you don't already really love it. Like, you're not already doing it as much as humanly possible. Why, uh, why else would you do it? Yeah, well, certainly not to get rich. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to throw out the old joke, you know, the how to get rich being a fishing guy, start out with two million, or how to be a millionaire, yep, start yep. out with $2 million. Start, start out, I'd say start out as a billionaire. <laughs> yep, you want to become a millionaire yeah. by fishing, the trick is to start out by being a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, no, it's it's, not it's true. You're not going to get rich, but there's... um. You know, I mean, in, in all honesty, most most days I I leave leave the dock for work, and and I live. I, mean, I guess we didn't, probably didn't mention I live right on Rainy Lake now. Um, but most days, you know, I got my thermos and and I walk down and jump in the boat and and I leave the dock just smiling like an idiot. And you know, I don't know how many people. <laughs> well, how else would you smile? Yeah, well, I don't know how to smile any other way. But um, you know, how many people get to say that? You know, right. That, well, that, that, and, that, and that's kind of my. My idea in this, too, and I thought, you know, I'm not expecting to get rich at this. If I can make a living at it, you know, and we're not pinching pennies and it's not. And, and maybe even if we are pinching pennies, it's like if I, I didn't mind iron work, but I definitely didn't love it. At all, like when it's, oh, God, when it's no. as cold as it has been up here in Minnesota lately, at 20 below zero, like this is just not fun when it's. 95 degrees and 100% humidity. It's not fun. Like, there's not there's not a ton of fun elements. Now, there's some great guys you work with. For sure. You know, you get to shoot For the sure. shit, and you're working shoulder to shoulder, and you're both, you know, in a in a shitty job, if you will. But you share that, so it, 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 there's a camaraderie that comes out of that. Oh, there absolutely is, and that's, that's what I miss the most, having been um, – I think you know the last company I was with. I, I was there for for twelve or or thirteen years, and and there's guys that that you come up with, you know, and you work side by side as grunts, and then you you kind of get to be foreman together, and and uh, you know, I mean, there's there's guys I worked uh, elbow to elbow with for fifteen years, and I tell you what, that I do miss. I I do miss that that you know that that coming into work in the morning when it's three feet of snow and 20 below zero and you're saying to yourself i gotta be the dumbest son of a bitch on the planet <laughs> and then you look in the parking lot and there's your work buddies and yeah. they all came to work there's too. a half dozen other dumb sons <laughs> of bitches yep. 
<laughs> yep, nobody was smart enough to uh, call in. Go to college, um, Mom said. Get a real job, Mom said. Hey, I tell you what, <laughs> can't go to college without tradesmen because nobody be around to build them. Yeah, you got to build that college yep. somehow. World needs ditch diggers too. Yep, that's right. That's right. I don't know about you. You can go to school for six years and get out. Be a, you know, Go be a coffee barista. A couple hundred couple hundred bucks in the hole with student debt making $35,000 a year or you can go to a trade school and uh, pay a couple hundred bucks in tuition and come out you know making 50 to 70 depending on how busy the economy is yeah or I, more I tell you what I I, I I I did and you did and a lot of guys we know we made we made good living in the trades you can make a good living in the trades no, for you're, sure it's really good money. you'll uh you know you're benefits probably never gonna own a Ferrari, but you know you're you're the owner of your company, might. Yeah, can't tell. <laughs> don't tell that to the apprentices when they first get in. They get that first big paycheck. They start shopping for Ferraris. Oh, let them buy one. You know what? <laughs> Every journeyman's like, yo, 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 pump the brakes, bro. I tell it's you not what, always going to be like this. As a as a <laughs> foreman, I used to ask the 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 BAs the I'd say, hey, go out in the parking lot and find the guy with the most expensive cars. I'll take him and. The reason being is that guy's got payments. He's he has gonna to work. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. going that's right. Yeah. He's gonna show up every day. <laughs> right. I don't want some guy with some old rust bucket that says, ah, I don't really so feel like does it. Does your does your boss of your guide company make you go out and buy a brand new boat so you have to go <laughs> work every day? Um so he doesn't um yeah, he doesn't make us buy a brand new boat. Um and, and we're I'm actually an independent contractor, we all are. Um but what what you'll find on on great big bodies of water like like Rainy Lake or or you know even Lake of the Woods and 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 big bodies of water like that is uh, you know those big heavy fiberglass boats they just you know if you if you gotta be in it every single day ten twelve hours a day that that heavier boat really does help it uh, helps a lot that's how know, I ended up settling on. Uh, buying a ranger i used my buddy sure. had a ranger and we took it out on pelican lake in or minnesota and it was one of the, it was a windy day and there was good you know three footers out there it was rough and this thing cut through it that heavy fiberglass boat i was like yeah oh it was just smooth i'm like all the times that i've fished that lake growing up in a 14 foot aluminum boat that weighed 75 pounds yeah <laughs> just got the shit kicked out of us going across waves like that and i could hardly feel them in this boat i was like uh I need to have one of these. Yep. So I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, so, you know, my first full year, I ran a, a Skeeter, uh, 20, 21 footer with a 250 SHO. And now I run a, a Nitro, a, a ZV21 with a 350 Mercury. And I'm not going to tell you that it's, you know, you can run four footers and five footers and, and you're not going to get beat oh, yeah. up because you're still going to get you're beat still, up. There's still big waves. There's but, no um, way around it. But I mean, I can run. I can run over 60 miles an hour in four footers. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that is, you know, if you, if you, you know, guys, a lot of guys will come up to Rainey and, and they bring their 16 foot Lund, Mr. Pike, you know, with their 50 horse Johnson and, and that, that, you know what they, they say, oh, geez, it's just a little, and I say, you know what, that's a, that's the perfect boat for 99% of water. Sure. I mean, that, that boat is, is honestly probably more fishable if you go to lots of different places, you know, that boat can get you into potholes and, and you can pull up to a, a boat ramp that's disintegrated and say, well, no big deal. You know, my boat don't weigh nothing and right. away you go. Yeah. Um, Drag it down a ditch with no ramp. Right. If you yeah. Yeah. Go out to Devil's Lake where, where there's no boat ramps anymore, you know, because they've all, the lake has grown so much and you can dump it in any ditch. But, but when you're going to get, you know, Malax on a windy day or, or even, you know, Lake Superior or, 
or you know any of these great big bodies of water where i i mean i've had that nitro out in in over six footers and uh that that solid fiberglass platform is just when you know you have to get up and do it tomorrow and you the day after and the, then it does not matter what the forecast says you know it's not just about having a shiny boat i mean there is some function <laughs> to yeah the, oh to for the sure shiny yeah. yeah well and and you know it doesn't help to make them sparkly why who who decided that bass boats needed to be sparkly well, who, who is that guy? I don't know. I need to have a talk with this all guy. the fiberglass boats. Are. I mean, it's I not just why the bass is boats. That? Well, I don't know why that is. Maybe it hides the imperfections in the gel coat a little bit. Uh, maybe, but do you get that oxidation? And there's no hiding it. Um, anyways, that's completely off topic. Uh, but it's like the fishability, like you said, in those boats are great. You can put more people in a great for a family, you know. And like for me, you know, I have that Ranger. It really only fishes. It fishes two people really well. And you can fish three out of it. You can't really fish much more than that the way it's set up. It's not – bass boats aren't made for family-style fishing. No, I, I would agree with that. And what – you know, your boat is set up for what you do. You you like to musky fish and you like to bass fish and and you like to cast all day. So, yep. you know, you're two people slinging – you know that's 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 probably the best you're gonna do. There's there's an early bite we do up on Rainy where we're casting and and you know more than three people in the boat gets pretty tough, pretty sketchy. Yep. I don't know yep. how my dad had a family of four, four kids and <laughs> him in that fourteen foot bench seat Alumacraft or Starcraft or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, but you guys probably weren't casting all day. Oh, yeah, you know how kids are. You don't have to. If you put a bobber on, what's the first thing they do? They reel it in to cast it out again. That's true. That's true. See, <laughs> like, I, no, I, no, no, no. Leave it out there. You got to leave it. And here it comes. Like, no matter how many times you tell them, no, there's casting going on. Trust me, there is casting going uh, on. I have, uh, I have and, we, we take a lot of kids. And, and, and tangles. And then tangles. And I tell you what, a lot of times these kids, they, they uh, you know, if we're straight, straight up and down jigging a shiner, you know, on, on structure, um, you know, if these kids aren't getting bit, they're reeling up every two minutes. Ah, I'm just, oh, yeah. just checking my mental, yeah. just checking my mental. Yeah. And you do, you know, you're like, if you would just leave it down there. There's grown kids that do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> there are plenty of grown kids that do the same exact thing. So yeah, know, true it's, story. It's, it's an experience thing. You know, it's like, you don't, if this isn't something you do all the time, you know, what are what are your expectations of it, or what is your experience with it, watching it on TV and seeing it in the pictures? you ever see anybody hold up their tally of being skunked in a picture in a magazine? No. They, they, there's a guy holding the fish, they, you know, and they're on Rainy Lake. You go to Rainy Lake, you catch, you catch walleyes every other cast, right? I mean, at least every other cast, if not every cast. I mean, a slow day, maybe every other. Well, you know, it's it's um, you know, it's funny you say that. It's it's a great fishery. Uh, it's it's um, it fishes kind of complex, uh, which actually probably is what leads to to quite a few of our trips. Is that um, you know, people come up there with their with their boat, and they they so that you know, Bill and Tom, they've they you know, they fish somewhere new every year, and this year they're going to give Rainy Lake a go and. And so they've got a week booked at the resort, and they get up there, and, and uh, you know, Rainy Lake can be kind of a head scratcher. It's it's um, it's 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 four or five very distinct bites over the course of the year, 
And you know what you do on on Malax is you know it may or may not work up there. Oh, well, more uh, likely it won't. I mean, you, know, you could talk about two totally different fisheries. Correct. Malax, for those people that don't know, is a relatively shallow, large lake. Uh, what's the max depth in Malax? Oh, I forty-eight can't, yeah, feet, 40, forty-five, forty-eight 40 feet, and yeah. and even those areas are pretty rare. Like, yeah, very rare. Yep, yep. Doesn't Hard. really uh, happen too much. So. Uh, most of the lake is, you know, 28 to 30 feet. And, you know, then you have a bunch of reefs spread out throughout it. And then uh, it's a more fertile body of water. It's shallower. Um, then rainy. Now you're getting into that what they call like the shield, Canadian shield waters. Yep. You have pretty yep. pretty infertile water, uh, hard rock shores, you know, not many swamps. It's... Well, we do, we do, there's actually a, so, so Rainy is so unique, it, it kind of lays out like four fingers, and there's, uh, so there's North Arm, there's Red Gut area, there's Scene Bay, and, and then there's the, the length of the actual, the actual lake itself that, that runs all the way from International Falls to Kettle Falls. I heard the middle finger is like, you just get fucked fishing that one. Um, it can be difficult, <laughs> yep, but I don't see there's your iron worker math, and there's only four. There's the really middle no middle. Well, it's your thumb's not a finger, bro. It's a thumb. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though, four fingers. What do fingers. they say? If they call it the middle finger. I don't just know. Saying. I'm see, just saying. This is that labor mentality. It's obvious. I'm staring you right in the fast. Third grade was tough on an iron worker. Both of them. Long and hard on an iron worker. <laughs> They're talking about third grade. I do. This is one of the things I like, and this is a tangent. <laughs> but I do love this, like, the the shit talking that, that builds between the trades. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it, and I always perpetuated it at every moment I could. Oh, why wouldn't you? It's uh, so it's just fun. A, it's the best. But some people really take this shit to heart. Hey, do you remember that Fairview Southdale? You guys had that guy. God, what the heck? He was he was out on the job site, no vest, no glasses. Oh, was that the day the fight almost broke? Yes, out? <laughs> yes. And, and I had a, I had a there ground. There two guys out uh, there. So I had a ground thaw unit hooked up to my <laughs> crawler crane, <laughs> and I was moving it, and I had to jump over the wall to go land it. <laughs> and I went by this guy, and and we were the general contractor <sighs> on the job. So, you know, making sure people have on all the right stuff is, is kind of our responsibility. So on my way by, I looked at the guy, and I just said. You know why even bother with the hard hat? <laughs> if, you're, if you're not going to follow the rest of the rules, why bother? Right. And this guy went. Oh, he. You remember? Came unglued. Oh, he came yeah. unhinged. And, yeah. And he oh, yeah. and he kept stepping at me, saying, you know, he said, oh, I'm, "I'm a gold gloves boxer," and I said, "Well." He's trying to tell me he's a professional boxer, MMA fighter, or something. I said, "Well, you must not be real good. You're here tying iron. <laughs> Might not have been the right thing to say. I mean, I don't know if they teach you how to defuse a situation as a uh, foreman, but I've gotten better. I mean, that, at that, that at that point, know. I was just dumping gas on the flames. It was it was entertaining to me. That's um, that's pretty much um, trying to put out a fire by throwing <laughs> gas on it right there. Uh, yeah, and for whatever reason, I guess maybe this is across most trades, but as far as ironworking goes, it kind of, for some reason, attracts a certain element of society you like can that. Say it. You can say it, Dale. I think. No, you, what Dale, <laughs> you can say it. Okay, you can have a felony and get a job. That's why it attracts that kind of 
uh, individual. So, uh, anyways, the talk about going off on a tangent in a rabbit hole, it means nothing about anything. But that was a pretty funny day, I do remember. <laughs> like, uh, Actually, another guy I remember left because he came to his, like, backed him up kind of, and he claimed that he just, the adrenaline rush was too much and he couldn't concentrate, so he had to go home too. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. hilarious! That yeah. that guy did. Um, Have I don't. Fun. I don't think that he was aware that that as a uh, one of the foremans, I was allowed to park on site because he he did inform me on his way out the door that he'd be waiting in the parking lot four mm-hmm. blocks away. Yeah. And I said, okay, I get off. Get off. See work you about there. Six. <laughs> 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 yeah. You'll have that. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you gotta fight through that. Yep. That's, no. I don't know. I assume there's a, a a myriad of personality types within the guiding community too. I mean. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's just not as many people. You're probably. I mean, your chance of running into. I mean, it. it I think, and you 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 take an average population. You take a hundred people. There's at least one or two. So it's a a, a one to two hundred ratio that they're assholes. Like it's like I think you think it's that that small. Well, it might be more. I'm trying to be nice, but that's why bigger cities there's just more assholes. I don't think there's more per capita. I think there just literally are more assholes in bigger cities because there's more people. So and in the guiding world, there's not that many people. No, so there, the chance no, there of running into one is reduced. Well, the thing with I tell you what, uh, in all honesty, guiding is, you know, everybody thinks being a fishing guide is is about is about fishing and it it is it, it is beer drink. it is and it isn't well not not in my boat my my commercial <laughs> liability insurance um says no alcohol um but you know typically our trips run from eight to four so you yeah. have all yeah. afternoon if that's if that's what you want to do can't drink all day if you don't start in um, the morning well if we're I gonna break what, out old ironwork uh, I, that's true that is an old iron worker saying um it's not wrong but it's you know it's it's not wrong, but then, but then, why hire a guide? Right. No. If I'm, I'm if your whole goal is to get shit faced, drunk, and lay on the floor of the boat, <laughs> well, you can do that in your own boat. Right, why would you pay right. somebody four hundred and fifty dollars? You know, the Vikings on this very lake did something very similar to that. Um, was that on this lake? Yeah, that was out of Eddie's, I believe. Mm, I think that was Alan Elmas on Minnetonka. Was that Minnetonka? Pretty sure it was Alan Elmas, yeah. Oh, you're actually, yep. I think you're right. There was a different Viking scandal up here. Yeah, I yeah, out of my wheelhouse. I don't remember which one. Yeah, you're right. That was out of Minnetonka, so. <laughs> God, I hate when a laborer's right now I'm wrong. It's yeah, terrible. I would think you'd be used to it by now. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, never used to it. Um, Whatever anyway, it is, what I, it I guess you know what I was getting at there was it yeah, was yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people, you know, you know, most people actually think that that being a fishing guide is is about fishing, and and uh, you know, the reality of it is is that it's more of a people business yeah, than definitely. than most people would. You know, is it is it fun to go out and catch fish? Sure, and is it is it fun to put people on a bite they've never experienced before? Absolutely, but but most days it's about connect, just connecting with other human beings and spending eight nine hours in the boat together and getting to know each other and. And uh, you know, just like any anything else in life, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you hit it off. I mean, it's crazy. So we get, we pick up most of our customers at at one of the three or four resorts on the lake, and uh, we actually we usually sit down, have a cup of coffee, introduce ourselves, kind of go through, hey, you know what, what are you expecting today, and and you know what um, what kind of goals have you set, and 
And, um, well, you know, sometimes, you know, immediately you just go, oh, God, we're going to have a blast. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, my God, this eight hours can't go fast <laughs> enough. But, but you know, sometimes your gut feeling is wrong. And, and, yeah. and, and you, at first you're like, oh, my God, we have nothing in common. And then, and then you get out there and, and, like, some just random thing comes up and all of a sudden you got something to talk about. And the eight hours flies by, and you're having a blast, and you know catching fish is a bonus. It's it's um, it, but it's not everything. Catching the, catching fish, you know, for most people, it actually does not make or break the trip. Uh, it's it's an experience. It's it's fun to catch fish. It's fun to learn new stuff. But at the end of the day, it's it's still fishing. It's not a petting zoo. You know, we talked about this uh, earlier too, uh, but. I think it's important to bring up too now is the the guide and client relationship and how to set realistic expectations and that that meeting with your clients before you actually hit the water I think is super important yeah to yeah. kind of iron out those kinds of things because you know it's like I said earlier my my I went on a tangent but it's it's it applies here you know we went to Canada and we were you know daydreaming about how awesome it was going to be and all these giant fish we were going to catch. Yeah, you, you, want, you set some unrealistic expectations. Yeah, so you're going to, I mean, we weren't let down because we knew, I mean, I think we were, I think we knew at the heart of our hearts that we were just having fun daydreaming about, sure. like, the most epic fishing sure. trip yeah, ever Yeah, just possible. like buying a Powerball ticket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, $2 to I mean, dream. When it didn't pan out that way, we weren't exactly, you know, we, it wasn't like we held it against the lake or the area or even sure. the resort, even sure. though we had not the greatest experience with the resort. It wasn't their fault. Like, it's just we didn't have realistic expectations. But I do think if, if people out there want to hire a guide, Ask questions. Oh, Don't absolutely. be afraid to ask questions. And and we talked about this. I think this is – and be honest about your skill level. <laughs> I think it's really important to be honest about it um, because if you go into it and, and maybe you think, oh, I want this guy to think I'm, I'm better than I am, so you kind of falsely build up your, your skill level, he's not going to be impressed. No, no. In, in fact, in the long run, he's going to be irritated. And, Do you and, fish 300 days out of the year? Right. No, you're not going to be as good as this guy. Right. I'm and, just telling and that's you, you're okay. not. And that's okay. And it okay. is okay, but just be honest. Like, he isn't looking to be impressed by you. Even if you – okay, as a guide, you no, had, so, you, you've, run, you've run the range of skill levels, I'm sure. Oh, boy. When you had somebody that knew what they were doing, did you like talk about it for a week after how great that guy was as an angler? No, no, no I'm focused. it doesn't matter. That's right. I'm, I'm focused <laughs> on today. So, so here's here's how I usually go about it. I will contact my my trip, um, you know, if I can, if they're pre-booked. I'll call them seven to ten days before their trip and make contact. And and um, you know, Rainy Lake is such an incredible fishery. It's got trophy pike, trophy walleyes, um, trophy smallmouth. We've got muskies. Uh, we have a an amazing crappie population. So uh, first Sturge. thing, well, sturgeon are pretty tough in the lake. In the lake, know? yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. We'll yeah. go to Rainy River if people want sturgeon and they're in season. Uh, but the first thing I'll try to establish is what you know. What are we going to fish for? Uh, what what is your goal? How many people? Um, and and then I'll ask what is your skill level? And that's a very important question. I mean, um, you know, I, I've had people say, oh, oh, geez, I've been fishing for 30 years, and, and uh, you know, and okay, great. Well, then they get up there, and they're they not even 
real confident Is over. Is that the minnow moving on that on your rod there? Yeah, he's yeah he's starting to he's starting to freak out he's a little dancing bit. Dancing a little bit. Yep. There's probably probably a good size walleye. I haven't looking to haven't either. marked anything since the sun went down. No, here. I haven't either. It's been pretty. We we set up on the spot I, and I it am, was. I pretty, am marking fish right now. Are you? Okay, yep. I'm not marking anything over here. And we were marking fish, and it was weird. Like just, we're just gonna a little off tangent here about uh, what we're doing on Mille Lacs. Uh, we're in 31 feet of water. We couldn't really get out to where we wanted to get out to um, because of this fresh snow, and the resorts haven't had the chance to – I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't had the chance to really plow out to um, some to the, of the further out. To the mud flats. We were trying flats, to get out to the, to the mud flats. Spots, but, um, so we kind of went out. We're, we're basically out on the main lake break, if you will. Yeah, well, it's a gravel mud transition. But we started marking fish right away, and these fish – were aggressive to a point. Like you could get these things to chase five, six, fast. five, six feet. Like they're sprinting up to it, but then would just not eat. Yep, I mean, we off. caught a few little ones, but it, I mean, it was like I don't know how many days I've had like this where they have chased that hard and not bit. Yeah, for hours. And we've been changing baits, bigger size, different colors, different styles, rattles, no rattles, like, and they all pretty much act the same. And then now since the sun went down, it's been pretty quiet. But I just I noticed your rod tip over there yep. was bouncing pretty good, so somebody yep. was getting nervous. Anyways, back to – Anyways, um, so you'll have – you know, people will tell you their experience level, and then, you know, when you actually get them out on the water um, and you go to hand them a, a fishing rod and ask what hand they reel with, and they're <laughs> not real confident, you know. And this is the <laughs> same guy that's, you know, told you on the phone he's been – just been a you know he's a diehard fisherman and been you know fishing twenty times a summer for you know forty years and you, you know I mean it it becomes clear very quickly um, so being being honest helps me set up how I want to approach the bite today uh, you know and it, if I have a boat full of of diehard anglers that you know I might actually approach the bite a little different than if somebody is just honest with me and says. Uh, Hey, you know, I'm a little rusty. You know, I, I only get to fish a couple times a year, and I understand that. That's yeah, awesome. Fine. You almost that's expect why, it. Yeah, it's that's like, why you're hiring a guide. I right. tell you what, I, I, I my customers have better luck. Uh, in all honesty, I'm going to be straight with you, women and kids, because they listen. Yeah, they're willing to take they advice. They don't have a preconceived notion of what to do. Um, a lot of our bites uh, up there, and this is going to sound crazy, but when it's straight jigging a minnow on structure – um, they want it held perfectly still. And yeah. you'll look over and you'll happen. you'll tell your customers, hey, stop jigging, just hold it. And okay, okay, Captain. And, you know, you look back a minute later and they're still jigging. And, you, hey, just hold it still. And I'll actually put mine in the rod holder and, and sure. start catching fish. And, yeah. and so you walk back and you're like, stop, stop <laughs> jigging. <laughs> and they're like, I'm not. And you, you're like, literally, you grab the fishing pole. And right. they're still, they're trying to jig, like, through your grip. <laughs> and you're like, just <laughs> just hold it still. And, you know, they'll hold it yeah. still for 30 seconds, and, and all of a sudden, yeah. whack. I can't. Not. And they're like, oh, 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 that's what you mean. Oh, you're just like I've been saying for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out right. of my mouth? So it's like, you know, somebody has has a jig on, they just, they it's just bro, a it's nature. Call, it's called a jig, bro, not a uh, sit still. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, like, um, you know, another crazy thing is, is, uh, so we have this, uh, this suspended jerk bait bite and, uh, you'll tell people, you know, that you, you really got to let it pause. You, you know, the pause is critical 
And you know, a lot of a lot of fishermen know that that on those suspended jerk baits, that that pause just means everything. And uh, what what I found is that, it, and this is crazy, but smokers, smokers catch more fish because they pause longer. They'll pause long enough to take a drag of that cigarette. And uh, sometimes, you know, that, that longer pause is just what those fish are looking for, and they'll whack it while it's just sitting there. So super interesting, super interesting dynamics when you, when you get to fish with all kinds of ages and, and, uh, and, and uh, generations of people in one season. You, you really get to see a lot of stuff. Totally unprepared. How many things did I forget on this trip? Almost all of them. Well... Oh, oh, how did that not fall in the hole? That thing rolled past three holes and didn't go in. If that had been a phone, it would have been this hole right here, guaranteed. There's no monetary value to that bottle cap. It's the only reason it didn't fall. That's why it didn't go down. (laughs) That's the buttered toast philosophy right there. That is the buttered toast philosophy. (laughs) Just didn't happen, but I needed a beer. Anyways, uh, yeah, and we we talked about this earlier, too, that detecting bites. Like, there are times where the bite is tough. It comes down to, like, instinctual when yep. when there's a fish on and when there's not. And that's super hard to get across to people that aren't experienced because it's you can't really explain it or describe it. It is something that just comes with experience. So there's, yeah, there's um there's definitely days when, when fish are neutral or negative um, that it is just, just almost impossible to detect a bite and... And I think what I what I've done and what other experienced anglers do is is everyone's waiting for that thump, you know that that typical, yeah. you know jigging a minnow or or jigging wrap, you know or shiver minnow, just that that thump, you know that undeniable, yeah, boom, set the hook, and uh, and I found on those on those tougher bite days that, that those days when they'll literally just mouth the bait and not move. Um, what I'm what I'm focused on and what I'm looking at is just pressure on my rod tip. So you be aren't we all? So you'll be holding it, um, you know, relatively still, maybe a little jigging. And what I'll do is I'll just I'll just lift the tip of just the the, the smallest bit, and if that thing is any sort of yeah. If if, the line doesn't just come with it. Yep. If the line tightens at all, even if the line just tightens between your guides on your rod. There's a fish on. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, unless you're snagged, obviously. Sure, or But, sure. you know, the structure that we're jigging on is, is usually rock um, rock reefs. So, you will I mean, that it, it's such a, sm- such a small cue, and they will drop it so fast that that if that line tightens up, even between my guides, I'll, I'll go for a hook set. And you know what? Sometimes you look like an idiot. Um, the, some, the, sometimes it looks like you're on the front of that boat <laughs> fencing. Yeah, um, fencing. And you know, I've I've made the mistake of telling people hook sets are free. I say that too, unless you get snagged. And you know, all of a sudden, you got two guys in the back of the boat. <laughs> Just looks like they're sword fighting. You know, it's like, oh my god, maybe I shouldn't have used that. Yeah, that I was just gonna say, I always yeah. say hook sets are free, but um, most of the times they're free. Yeah. Sometimes they cost you money if you if you, especially like you're jigging. You got a big jig on for bass, and you're pitching in timber, and you—I mean—you really do a proper build dance where it's from oh, yeah. tiptoes coming the, right out of your the, shoes to the sky. Yeah. If it's not a fish, what are two things going to happen? You're going to bury that hook deep into the wood you're flipping. 
and you're not getting that bait back, chances are. Or going out of the boat. You're going to have to pull a Neo from the Matrix and dodge that yep. three-quarter ounce jig as it zings past your face because um, generally you're in shallow water when that happens. But, yeah, hook sets are generally free. Hook sets are generally yeah. free. It, it's worth trying. I'll put it that way. But then – with walleye fishing, you're generally not doing that build dance kind of a set either. It's a snap of the wrist. Yep. You know, quick. Yep. Well, and, and you know, on. I don't know. I put a little more into it. Well, you're probably compensating. Well, I would say overcompensating. <laughs> I am that, Irish. It's, I don't know what that means, but. Uh, You'll find out. Have another beer. You'll you're find on. out. <laughs> oh, no. There was an English iron worker that I worked with who, if he got drunk enough, would get naked from the waist down. Oh, you're I've heard stories, but I've oh, thankfully please. never seen it myself. It did happen one night when I was drinking with him, but I left in time to not actually witness it. So you're, I'm you're, pretty proud of that. Are you referring that. to Rob? Shh. I can't say names. Oh, we yes. can't say names. It's Rob. Nobody knows his last name. Did you know one time I asked <laughs> him? Uh, it must have been July 3rd, I should get so. him on this podcast just so people can hear him talk, and I bust his balls. I ran it. When I, so I did an inspector gig in between ironworking and guiding. I can't even and, imagine who would be dumb enough to and hire I, you as an inspector, <laughs> but carry on. Well, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to that. But So I ran into him on a job, and uh, – you know, it was great to meet up with him and talk and shoot the shit with him as we worked uh, together quite a bit when I first started and uh, when I was an apprentice. But I like to bust his nuts because he still has that English accent. How long have you been in this country? Yeah, and he's been here forever. Like, we know you're faking at this point. Like, the chicks, they're not that impressed. <laughs> Which actually isn't true. Chicks are a sucker for a foreign accent. but They really you know. are. What are you going to do? Anyways. Um, well, Dale, you could go to another country where then you would have the foreign accent. Good. I, does it work in Canada? This, no. A. <laughs> no, A, it doesn't. <laughs> Take off, A. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your bra, A. That probably doesn't work either. But Not the, with the dudes. <laughs> there's some dudes that probably should wear bras, but I don't think a lot of them do. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so what else you got cooking over there? You just uh, – so you um, brought up a couple rods for me to try out from JT? Yeah, JT Outdoor Products, yep. Yep, so I pro staff for them. They um, they uh, they brought me on board here about two years ago. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we make the best rods on the market, long rods and ice fishing rods. Um, I feel uh, from what I've used so far today, I mean, I, I they're really balanced. You can tell that the craftsmanship is there. They're really – um, well built. Um, I like so the balance on them. Something we do that's a little different uh, than most is is um, so so they've actually dropped custom from their names now. It's just JT Outdoors. Uh, it used to be JT Custom Rods, and and just too many people got got into the mindset that custom rods meant a certain thing. That it meant. You know, I can have purple and green wraps, and I can get my name sure. on okay. it. Sure, okay, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the custom that, that goes into JT rods is um, the engineering of the blank design itself. So all of our rods are designed, well, I shouldn't say all because we came out with the Rogue now. Um, the, the, main, the main focus of all of our rods is, is a pure parabolic curve. 
which um, there's a fish down there. Keep um, talking. Which most most rods don't have. Most most fishing rods, you're you're fighting the fish with the the seven to ten inches, you know, at the tip. And uh, if you if you look at a JT rod under load, you'll oftentimes see that. Dale, if you look over here. Oh, sorry, I got a fish. See how the load oh, runs yeah. all the way back to the backbone. Yep. You know, whereas most rods will bend that first seven to ten inches, two first, eyelets, the first couple eyelets, yeah. and that's um. You know that what that does is that that really absorbs head shakes, uh, and direction changes really really well because you're you're fighting all the way into the handle of the rod, and not just that um, not just that last little bit where if a fish makes real violent head shakes they can come unpinned. Um, that's why I like them. Uh, they're they're feathery light. They're Torre carbon fibers. Uh, we get our you know a lot of people say oh blanks are foreign the blanks are Chinese and that's nonsense. They're um. All blanks are either Chinese or Japanese. Well, these are being made in somebody's shop. I yeah, right I, in Minnesota. Yeah, like, so these aren't coming from China. So no, the blanks themselves do come from China or, or from uh, Japan, uh, but they are they are hand built, hand assembled, and I know this because the days I'm not guiding here on Malax in the winter, I am actually working down in the, in the rod shop. So. Uh, they are they're completely aligned, assembles, handled, handles assembled and and put on, um, wrapped, epoxied. You know we use a a, a two stage epoxy. Most places uh, just hit it with one layer of epoxy. We do it twice. What do you got there? I done jigged you, my minnow head. You right know off. I've found that success ratio goes up significantly when you have bait. Exponential. Exponentially. Good word. Boy, for you, that's really something. I know, for an iron worker. For an iron worker, that's you know, really something. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong, which is why I'm not an iron worker anymore. That's not the only reason, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you want to give any of these JT rods a, a try, oh, I tell I, you what. They, I definitely do. They, uh, they you brought me one panfish rod. Yep, that's uh, the Rogue. That's 32-inch Rogue. That was a new release this year. So that's a noodle rod. We, I'm not uh, really going to get to use that tonight while we're out here. So I'm actually, it sucks because these fish don't, they haven't touched any of our dead sticks. And I kind of, you talk to these, these rods up when you got here, and you kind of showed me the action. I, I want to see one. In action, and the, the fish are just being assholes right now, and they're not cooperating. Yeah, it's been a, well. I mean, it was it, it was forty below zero last <laughs> night. So true. I've uh, been, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, or if you're not not Minnesota listeners, it it has literally been colder the last three days in the state of Minnesota than it has been in the last forty years. The best way I've heard it put. And I feel like people that aren't from the upper Midwest, because, I mean, Chicago, like, they were pretty cool, too. Like, only, like, 5 or 10 degrees warmer, if you can even call that warmer. Um, so it, this cold blast was a pretty big swath. But I feel like the people from south, we say 30 below zero, 50 below wind chills. I feel like they think we're just making shit up. <laughs> it's because, like, they have no... Like that is so out of the realm of possibilities. Oh yeah, and it's it's to, unimaginable to them. Like there's just nothing for them to even to, to compare it to. The best way I heard it put lately was, it was literally sixty degrees warmer in your refrigerator the last few days. <laughs> 
Well, I would go so far. Let's see, 40. <laughs> or your freezer. Yeah, your, your freezer. That's more accurate. Yeah, 50 degrees warmer in your freezer. That That's more accurate. Yeah. 70 degrees warmer in your refrigerator. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? That's accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who came up with that. Why that's do brilliant. we live here? Ice, ice fishing, <laughs> right? Well, that's the thing. People are like, oh, they'll they'll uh, brag like, oh, well, it's sixty five degrees here today, and then yeah, how's the ice fishing? Terrible. It fucking sucks down there. It's bad. Uh, the marlin fishing is usually a lot better down there than it is up here. Oh, let's not dump the recorder in the. That was almost me. I tugged on my microphone. I got it. Line I got here. it. I got it. Let's not dump that down a hole. That'd be shitty. Uh, so back to the custom rods. So these ones here, we had the dead sticks on. What are these ones? Are so called? that's called a snare rod. We have a walleye snare and a panfish snare. And it's um, what it is. It's it's basically it's a rod with a super 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 slow action. And what that does is is um, and and people can search this online. We we actually just did a really cool uh, two camera video that shows the bait and then the rod tip. Uh, side by side in, in one video where it actually shows you exactly how the action works. Um, but typically when a walleye eats, it, it'll grab a bait by, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll T-bone a bait or eat it by the head. Uh, and it will swim away a, a foot, you know, 18 inches. Generally, it will then turn that, that bait in their mouth to swallow it and, you know, slowly swim away looking for their next meal. Well, this rod's got... It can almost pull the tip down 18 inches to two feet before you hit the backbone. So generally, what happens is is those walleyes will eat, and you'll see the rod tip start to start to bend and start to curl down, and then it will stop. And generally, that's when the walleye is shifting that bait in their mouth, and then those walleyes swim away looking. Well, that all of a sudden that that rod hits the backbone, and those walleyes feel that tension. Well, because they've already spun the bait in their mouth, instead of spitting the hook. They just dart, and generally what happens is they do set the hook themselves, <laughs> hence the name the snare rod. Sure. So it works very similar to a snare. Um, these were in development for four or five years from some very, very big-name guys in the industry. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a genius design. It's it's executed. So what you're looking at right now is right. your... Yeah, I'm, point, I'm pointing at my router now because it hasn't been bouncing. The minnow's doing his job actually i have a really small minnow on this one yeah. too if you remember yeah. right yep yeah you put just a fat head on that yeah one, the smallest one is more of a crappie minnow than it is even a, a fat head yep and so this you thing is bouncing right now so there's somebody down there and even if the even if there isn't a fish down there making this thing nervous and i'm not i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because no. you're here and this no. is what you're thinking I'm, not, I'm giving you i'm giving people right now a real time uh, kind of a play-by-play of what i'm seeing on this rod how, how sensitive that tip is it's almost like a spring bobber like this is a small minnow, and it's bobbing the tip of that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It actually is a. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times, if you're watching it closely, um, you'll see that you'll you'll see the, your minnow's activity. God, I hope a fish eats that thing. I just want I want to see one. In I action hope so, so too. I can give I, it an I honest hope, review. I hope so too. So I can see how it loads up and mm-hmm. how it works. And and if it goes, I'm just gonna let it go. I want to see it yep, work. Yep. Let it go. It's, that's uh, what it's set up for. I actually use these remotely. More often than I, I very rarely have them in the house. I use them. So the reason I use them is is, and I'll use them in conjunction with a, a JT Outdoors hot box. 
And uh, what that hot box does, that, that that's a little propane lantern in a, in a box that will keep your holes open. In now, that's not totally enclosed. Like nope. that stays open. Yep. That heater just it just e- yep keeps yep. It so rocking. it's a little radiant heater in there. I mean, down to 30, 40 below zero keeps that's the holes nice wide when open. You can just pick up a rod yeah. and not have to yep. hand over hand. Yep. Like like most uh, like a tip up set line yep. where, and even in the house here, you know, I, I use rattle reels at night. You know, which is for people that don't know, it's just a spool, has a little like a cat toy bell in it, basically that jingle jangle jingles when the spool spins mm-hmm. and lets you know, you know, wakes you up, lets you know a fish is running with the line. It's um, it's pretty much the greatest sound in the world to any is, Minnesota boy. It is the best sound ever. <laughs> but you had a hand over hand, and there's line flying all over, and you get tangles, and it's you know you're the drag. You as the fish runs, you got to let line slip through your fingers, and you got you know. There's no, there's no rod taking that energy. It's on you. There's it's no mechanism. Yeah, there's no mechanism. And the line, to to make sure you're not putting too much stress in that line, and letting it go when it needs to go, and pulling it up when it. So you know, there's it's, it's not as good as a rod and reel, and I, it's not as fun. I, I I like the rod and reel and the drag and for and sure reeling yep. it up. It's cleaner. Yep. It's better. It's awesome. So that that would be really cool. But there is no sound in the world. No, to equal no, the there isn't. In fact, you can get like line alarms. Like a lot of people will use. They'll put the they'll put an actual rod in a rod holder mm-hmm. like we have yep. here, and they'll put the line up in a little little clip. When the fish takes the bait, the line separates. It makes an electric connection, and then yep. you get a <laughs> sound that. Not Terrible. nearly as much fun to wake up to than it is to just go clink, 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 clink. That's awesome. I actually have an idea oh boy. that I shouldn't. I'm not going to share it. I'm good, not going to share good. it because somebody's going to steal actually, it. It's a million dollars. No, it's not actually, a million dollar every, idea. It might ev- be a couple thousand dollar idea. Everyone but. listening is happy that you didn't expound. <laughs> In general, about anything, True. <laughs> <laughs> it's my podcast. I'll talk about what I want That's to. That's true. Thank you very much. That's true. You can actually. You're probably going to go home and just edit me right out of it. It'll oh just, hell it's no! It's just Dale. No, no, that is definitely not. That is definitely not what I want. I'll never get listeners if it's just me. That's, That's terrible. True. I don't even like. Believe it or not, I don't even like listening to me. Nah, it's not true. I'm totally lying right now. That's not true at all. Uh, so what else can we talk about? JT rods. So long rods. So for summer, you make summertime rods. You said. Yep. 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 We make. Um, so we have a, a line of. Uh, we have a line of panfish rods that are, it's called the JT Panhandler. Uh, they come in six ten and and seven one. Uh, I want a seven one. They um they are um so we do a lot of crappie fishing on on Rainy Lake and they uh they're a great rod. In fact, it's they have a little bit slower action as well. And uh, I found that a lot of times I'll, I will almost always put a rod in a rod holder and so use it as an extra line while I'm baiting hooks, while I'm tending to customers' lines, taking pictures, netting fish, so on and so forth. And there are days that <clears throat> that panhandler in the rod holder catches more fish than anybody jigging. Hmm. Um, it loads up really, really sweet. It actually it almost works like one of these snare rods. It's, um, I'll have to check them out. And, I, I, I have a hard time with like I love pan fishing, especially early in the spring when sure. they come into the shallows. It's just fun. I mean they they bite readily. Oh yeah, on ultralight tackle, it's a good fight. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing that. Uh, but I like longer the longer rods, and it's hard. Like out of just the box stores, 
It's hard to find a longer ultralight. Yeah, it is like, tough. They're like five feet long. Yep. Like, what? Yep. Why is this thing so tiny? Yeah, that I tell you what, that 7.1 has been insane. You can cast popular. a light lure a lot farther yep. with a longer rod. I don't understand. I, f- I feel like it's counterintuitive to have a five-foot ultralight. Well, mo- Dale, most people aren't casting with an ultralight. They're right. fishing it with a reared straight up and down jigging, or they've got well, a slip bobber. They need to grow up, well, and they need to you know, put the Snoopy rod down Dale, and graduate. Dale, Dale. <laughs> two plus two is four, but so is three plus one. Sometimes there's more than one way you're to do something. Blowing my mind with this math. I know. I know. If you forget, you're an iron worker. <laughs> Was um, an iron worker. <laughs> uh, oh, you'll always this, be an iron no, worker, Dale. This, that's the Marines. You're mixing it up with the Marines. <laughs> no, I actually have respect for Marines. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> Ow. Ow, that one almost hurt. If I had a uh, feeling, you would have heard it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have, we have, so we have, um. You know, we have a pretty wide assortment, actually, of rods. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, JTX line, which is is uh, a fantastic rod for jigging and rigging applications. Uh, we have a 7.3 JTX, which was designed as a rigging rod. We have uh, our Black Rain series, which is uh, we have bait casters and spinning rods. Um, I'd like to get one of those 7.3 uh, bait casters in your hands for this summer because I, I think you'd be fascinated with it. And we have a line of of, um, of trolling rods called the Ascendants, which... Uh, What's trolling? Well, Dale, that's for people that are, once again, good with math. Uh, <laughs> they have no. downtime. Oh, trolling um, is so boring. Well, it's not if you're catching fish. Yeah, well, then you're catching. How about those <laughs> days when they're not biting and you're dragging a Lindy rig around for eight hours to catch a 14-inch walleye? Well... Sometimes I tell you what, on days you ain't catching nothing, you're pretty happy to catch a 14 inch. <laughs> That's true. You know, I just like to bust walleye fishermen's balls. I know, I know, but you know, they say. You know, I tech, what are we doing right now? Uh, well, right now we're, we're just walleye fishing. Sitting, we might as well be sitting in a parking lot in this thing right now. <laughs> Which no, give, I've give. never caught a fish in a parking lot once ever. Well, that just tells me you're not that great a fisherman. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm willing to put some money down that. Like, I want you to go catch fish in a parking lot. And not down a manhole cover either. Oh, I've wow, seen that now video. you're throwing all these stipulations on there. <laughs> when <clears throat> You must not have been a laborer very long because you might be the first laborer that ever said stipulation. Well, I've always had a good vocabulary. <laughs> <clears throat> so they let you in anyways. That's cool. That yeah. must be why you were the – that's how they knew you were the foreman. That's why I was the boss. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just the only one dumb enough to show up first every day. Well, when we when we first met, we talked fishing. You were like big, you were like only muskies as yep. far as I could. Yep, that's right. Gather like that, the, you were a dyed so, the wool muskie guy. Yeah, so that was um, that was a period in my life where I was I was absolutely obsessed with muskie fishing. It's an obsessive kind of sport. Oh, it's so You bad. have to be because to be able to go out there, <laughs> so talk bad. about not catching fish. Yep. Uh, you know, day to day and not catch a muskie is is the norm. But it's – here's the, the – I try to explain this to people, like the difference between like, uh, you know, because I'm busting walleye fishermen's balls sure. for, you know – dragging a lindy rig all day and not catching a fish or a little fish or whatever you can do the same thing musky fishing but it's that this could be the cast or this if you're trolling this could be the pass where you catch a 55 inch fish 
There are no 55-inch walleyes in the universe. No, but there that are. I'm aware of. There are 30 inches in your. There are 30 inches, and 30 <laughs> inches are cool. But if I'm putting a 30-inch walleye on the cool scale next to a 55-inch muskie, they don't weigh the same. I'm taking that 55-inch muskie every time. The fight know. is better. The strike is generally better. It weighs more. It looks way better in a picture. <laughs> okay, only two, only actually only one of those things is fact. The rest are, the rest are opinion. It weighs more. Bro, my opinions are facts. You're gonna have to learn know that. Oh, That's just what it is. Goodness. I'm right. Everyone well, folks, it's been nice being on the podcast. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this one, there are several others you might enjoy that will still be on the air. <laughs> no, I come on. A, a big walleye. They're awesome. Don't get me wrong. I I haven't caught a 30-incher yet. It's on my to-do list. That's like my baseline for a wall mounter is a 30. 27 and a half is my uh, three quarters is my biggest to date. Uh, they're great. They're super fun to catch. I caught a 27 and a half this year on a lax. It was like a long. It was a long skinny one. He yep. didn't have much yep. girth, big head on it, but uh, great fight on these short rods. Took me for a couple runs, but the few times I've hooked up with a large muskie, it's just not the same. Like that, the strength isn't the same. Like you feel that it's not a longer fight. I mean, muskies tap out pretty quickly, usually pretty quick, especially when you're using tackle design form. Um, They they tap out pretty quick, but it's it's a lot to handle. In a, it's like chaos for a couple minutes. Yeah, I don't deny that. I Dale, I was a muskie guy. I mean, you don't have to talk me into it. <clears throat> but well, uh, it's more it, describing to to people that may not. The, the argument, though, that a, a fifty-five inch muskie is is more of a pinnacle than a thirty-inch walleye. I will argue with you all day long. I, I think a thirty-inch, you know, a thirty-inch walleye would fulfill way more fishermen's dreams than a fifty-five inch muskie. We're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this. All right. <laughs> we need numbers. We need stats. How many thirty-inch musk or? Uh, Wally's seven caught versus fifty-five inch muskies. It'd be interesting. Ooh. Well, it might actually be more muskies if I if I'm being honest. But I think more people target. Right. It's that, a trophy fishery. I mean, right. H- right. How many people are going out only to target the biggest walleyes in any watershed? But you're not going out to target only the biggest muskies. They generally are. No, you're not. You're I, you, throwing giant baits. Well, no one's big, out there. Big deal. But thirty inch a thirty inch muskie will eat a sixteen inch crankbait. So you're, you you can yeah. say you're fishing for only the biggest, but you're going to catch others. Yeah, but there's not too many people that are going to downsize to to get the finicky muskies to bite and weed through. <laughs> okay, you know what? That one I'll give you. <laughs> you know, that like, one I'll give you. You're not going. To, hey, these uh, half ounce fireball jigs aren't working. Let's go down to a quarter inch or a sixteenth ounce. You would be with surprised. a leech under a float for walleyes. You'd be surprised the difference going from one size jig to the next will make. Uh, though honestly. I wouldn't be surprised because I've seen it and done it. It makes a. We've we've tried today. We've had these chasers. Yeah, that's true. Run all over the place, and we've tried different colors, different styles of spoons, rattles, no rattle. Uh, small minnows. We have a, a medium sucker on big shiner. I went down to a crappie minnow. It's not. They don't. It doesn't seem to matter today. They're just not. They're almost switched on. The weather's warming up, so yeah, I'm hoping tom- it turns on this weekend. Tomorrow's gonna be the, the um, key, I think. I'm hoping for you because you got clients tomorrow, so well, they're hoping, staying in the eddy. Uh, I'm hoping so for them. I hope they catch a bunch of fish. This might be a day spot. 
generally in this lake, the shallower spots are your night spots. Yep. And we're in 31 feet. So yep. it's, I'm not entirely surprised that the bite died down once the sun went down. But with that said, this lake has been on fire this year, and you can almost drill a hole anywhere and catch a fish. It sure seems like it. <laughs> Doesn't it? It sure seems it, like it's, it. It's, yep. been, it's been a good year for Mille Lacs, and uh, it will be a circus this weekend with the nice weather. People have been oh, yeah. cooped up in their house yep. all week with well below zero high temperatures, and it's going to be 40 degrees Sunday, 30-something yeah, on Saturday. I guarantee, <sighs> guarantee you see somebody in shorts and a tank Circus. <clears throat> yeah, almost undeniable. Made the, made the car. I saw a comment or a meme on Facebook. Someone said, no matter how the, the temperature or whatever it was, and they're like, I guarantee you there's a white, there's a white person jogging in this shit somewhere. Oh, no sooner, yeah, I saw, I saw no sooner did I see somebody post a picture <laughs> of them after their run with their eyebrows frosted. Oh, like, yeah. And there she is. Yep. <laughs> not, uh, me, not me. I'll be at Dairy Queen. So cold. See, that I do not uh, talk about off subject, but I do not crave ice cream in the winter. What? I just don't. Oh, man. Well, look, should we compare waistlines? If you want to. There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to, they say they say the most muscular guys do turn into a little flabby when they get older. So I that, see that's why you have no flab. That's true. I mean, you got to carry that weight around. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be, you know, I'm not, I'm not carrying a, a permanent fanny pouch around. So why would I be stronger? I don't have to work that hard. That's true. <laughs> you got extra insulation. That's right. It works better that way. Um, d- does JT make a cu- uh, musky rod? Um, they do not make. They do not. Currently, I was going to ask you if it's in the works. I am not at liberty to say whether I am not at liberty to say whether or not there has been a prototype developed. I would say not. Not (laughs) just to cover your. I like to be mysterious. Just to cover your ass. (laughs) No, I'm I'm interested in that. uh, That is it, like a flipping stick. That the cast the bait cast rod. So the the black rain is a um, it's a seven foot three, it's a medium heavy, uh, it's got a, a fast tip, maybe extra fast. I don't remember right offhand. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, when when you get into guiding, uh, you you tend to go fish for what the customers want to fish yeah, for. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and I I uh, you know I kind of thought I'd have all this spare time to go musky fish up on rainy and. And time to, to kind of do the things that I like to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to walleye fish. You know, I mean, I, I've actually developed quite a love for it. No, for, for as much as I like to bust <coughs> walleye guys' balls, it, it is fun. I, it's just one of those – it's like the laborer versus ironworker sure, thing. Sure. I just like – I like the shit talk aspect of it. It's, yeah, you, it's like the re- you like the rhetoric. It's just fun. I, don't, I mean, I don't have any actual animosity no, towards no, the of course walleye fishermen. No. It's just fun for no, them yeah, to go. You've just got the same six lines you've been using yeah. for 20 years. Well, you know years. those – how about the walleye fishermen? It's like, yo – God made bass fishermen so every or bass so everybody could catch fish, and then God made walleyes for a man or whatever the fuck it is, yeah, something like that. that. It's, it's pretty it's, accurate, it's actually. Pretty bullshit, but <laughs> 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 whatever. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be happy not being a man and catching fish while you struggle to catch a 14 incher. That's cool. We actually don't catch many 14 inches up no, there. There's it's rainy's a great fishery, it really uh, it's, is, it's, and you're not gonna find a much more picturesque. No, it's Please. you know a lot of folks Gorgeous don't don't there. realize that um, that uh, Voyagers National Park, which Rainy Lake is part of, is the only 
water-based park in the national park system. Is that right? That is right. Um, there are there are a couple hundred boat-in only campsites. So for for us, and this is how I kind of learned the area is is um, I mean it's such a such a cool thing to do is throw your tent and your coolers and and uh, your sleeping bags and stuff and, and load a boat up and you you boat out and and uh, you find a campsite. And, and spend three, four days, and generally the campsites are, are really well spaced. So, I mean, it's you in the wilderness. It's it's uh, there's there's. Do they have bear boxes? Out they there? do. Yep, they absolutely do. They have they have bear boxes at every campsite. Um, so bear have, box, if, uh, if nobody's ever heard that term, um, there are lots of bears in northern Minnesota, and you can't just leave food out everywhere because Yogi's going to come in and and help himself to it. So there'll be a, like a steel box for you to put your food in uh that protects them uh, from or protects the your food <laughs> from the bears which is uh you know and it, and in the long for people but in the long haul protects you from theirs you don't you don't want uh black bears getting accustomed to, to coming into campsites and looking for an easy meal no and a mistake a lot of people make is i don't know why they do this but they'll put their cooler inside their tent worst possible scenario oh like, yeah yeah you he's can. coming into your tent and he's not coming in to kill you or do it like he just wants your donuts like correct <laughs> why so, did you do that <laughs> so i knew a guy a couple years ago that um oh i have a fish down here oh catch that fish i'm working on it so i know a guy a couple years ago that that unbeknownst to him his kid had left two snicker bars in the glove box of oh, the boat no. And uh, sure enough, that oh, no. that night while they were in the tents, the bears came came and destroyed their oh, boat looking no. for those candy bars. So I you am, you want to keep all your food in the bear lockers. We camped one time and um, woke up in the middle of the night, and I could hear one right outside the tent snorting and sniffing around. And I don't think we had any food in the tent. If I remember right, it was in one of our vehicles. We didn't do the thing where you're supposed to, like, you know, Use ropes and and string your food up. Yep. You know, we didn't do that. I think it was just in the trunk or the back seat of the car or something. But there was obviously enough food smells around that he was checking it out. For sure. I mean, I could hear this thing. I was separated from this bear by however thin the walls of this tent were. <laughs> and uh, as a teen, I think I was probably low teens or maybe 10 to 13, somewhere in there. Uh, it's fairly unnerving. You know, now I'd be like not too worried about it, as bears generally don't want anything to do with you. Uh, black bears in Minnesota, that is. No, nope, that's true. It's not like a grizzly, you know, somewhere. It's not like a black bear in grizzly country. Black bears in grizzly country are quite a bit more aggressive. But in Minnesota, they really don't want anything to do with people. You're you're kind of a food source. That's pretty much anything. They can get it without running in contact with you. That's their preferred method. Um, but anyway, he was sniffing around, snorting and whatever, and. I still had presence of mind to reach over and, and fumble for that fillet knife just in case. I was ready to defend my family as a 12-year-old going to town with this bear. But he just he, he moseyed on. Uh, but he left his calling card. Um, you couldn't have more perfectly centered that thing in the uh, zipper door of our, <laughs> of our tent. There was a bear pile nice. right there, perfectly centered in the door. So I'm like, eh, like he just wanted to let us know, like, you know, it'd be cool if you'd leave me something next time, uh, which we didn't. So that's my really only bear run-in story. 
as far as camping goes, which is pretty <coughs> substantial. So I've camped quite a bit. And there are a shit ton of bears in Minnesota. There are. In northern Minnesota, let's be clear. Correct. Well, yeah, even down to east central. East central Minnesota's got plenty of bears. Yeah, for sure. Well, what else? If people want to find you there, Donnie, how do they go about doing so? Um, You can find me on Facebook at Obert's Angling Adventures. <coughs> it's O-B-E-R-T-S. The Are word. you on Instagram? Um, Yeah, you know, I was uh, under Obert's Angling Adventures on Instagram as well. And uh, I, I ended up falling down my, my stairs to the dock, crushing my phone. And for some reason, I was able to get everything back except my Instagram. I cannot get into my huh. Instagram. Uh, work on that. That's ha- kind of the biggest I, I know, platform. I right know. Now. It's so frustrating. And there's like, there's literally nothing I can do. I have tried and tried and tried. And I've tried to forget your password and... And I think what happened is is in the midterm, I had opened another one just under Captain Donnie. Mm-hmm. And when I send the, you know, I forgot my password nonsense, it just immediately switches me to my other account. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I, I'm Just make that one the new one. I think you can change the name on it. Well, maybe. You're going to lose uh, it, some content. But. It's just frustrating. I, you know, I had almost 2,000 followers, yeah. and, and uh, it's just gone to the wind. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm under Captain Donnie now. I haven't posted any uh, material on there for a long time. I probably should start again. Yeah, I'm bad with that. We talked about that earlier, too. It's just putting out content. Um, um, I'm pretty good on Facebook. Definitely uh, do more of that. So you can find me there. Uh, you can also find, find me and the rest of the guys I, that I work it's with at, at Rainy Days here. Guide Service. Uh, Come on. On Come Facebook on. or Rainy Days Outdoors. Let's get uh, one dot right com. at the end of this podcast. Come on, Fish. Oh, are we done? Be famous. Well, we don't have to be. That's okay. I got, I got better I shit knew, to I was do trying anyway. to wrap it up because you said you had somewhere. If you don't have anywhere to be, we can keep this thing rolling. I'm no. Talking about fishing is what I like to do. So do you um, – well, let's get it. While we're on the subject of, you know, how they can get a hold of you. So is there a number or something for rainy days or they have a website? Give them the information. Yep. yep. So actually you can, you can call me direct. And on my Facebook page there's a, a, a message me button. Um, or you can call me direct, 612-205-6463. And, uh, you know, if you want to come up and, and check out Rainy, you, you know, even if you're coming up for a week or so and just want to guide for the first day to kind of show you around. And That's a good way to do it. Show for... you some spots to fish. I tell you what, there's a it's a huge lake, and there's a ton of spots with no fish. Yeah, there's also <laughs> spots you should avoid yep. if, unless you want your lower unit replaced. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to get on, even if you just want to talk fishing, give me a shout or, or message me up. And Yeah, I want to touch on that real quick, though. Like, for people that you have your own, your equipment, and, mm-hmm. and like, I, I am a DIYer at heart, and I, li- I like to figure things out myself and and do it. But when you go to places like Rainy, a large area, or maybe it's not a style of fishing you do in general, it seems like a lot of money to some people to hire a guide for the day. But you're going to shorten that learning curve down exponentially. Like it, It's going to really help you. If nothing else is going to – what are they biting on right now and where? What is going on there? Did you do that? Yeah, I think that was the oh, – Don't I, get I me know. fired up like I that. I think that was there the cord is a fish for my headset. There. Yeah, I know. I was just marking one. He doesn't want to come off the bottom. I don't know if it's a eel pout or what. But uh, don't be afraid. And, and maybe if you're going to take a trip like this, budget that money in as part of the expense. You know, a, a few hundred bucks to to really 
you know, you get that guide first day, and you got the rest of the week to go on your own and your own equipment, and that that just gives you such a big head start. Yeah, it's like you said, it shortens the learning curve. Oh, um, massively shortens so, the learning curve. <clears throat> so even if you don't, you know, even if you don't go back to the exact same spots. Um, you know, a day a day with a guide is showing you the type of structure. Yes. It's showing you what yep. to look for on your graph. You know, it's it might be a, a completely new technique or or it might be, you know, using a lure in a way you've never it would have never crossed your mind um to and to use that way. It's you can learn so much. A lot from a dummy. Yep, you can learn a lot from a dummy. <laughs> and that's all I am is just a guy who you know, all I ever, uh, honestly, all I am is a guy that always loved to fish more than I love to work. Well, and you're just, I mean, realistically, you're on the water. Yep. Every day. So you're going to know what the current bite is and, and what's going on. And you can be a very uh, accomplished fisherman in your own right as somebody, that, again, like, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not, a, you know, a, a knock on your skill level to hire a guide. It's just going to help you in the long run. Yeah, so there's like you a just, level of now you're gonna enjoy the rest of the, the other four days of your five day stay <coughs> on your own, and now you know what to look at. And I think a lot of fishermen get stuck with, like you said, you don't have to fish that spot per se. Correct. You take that spot, and then you look at the map, and you just replicate that. You got it. And then you, you can it. find if it worked here. It's find another work. spot you looks just it. like it. It's gonna work there. You got it. So a great example this summer. Uh, I, I had a, a really really sweet pattern in a specific spot, uh, pulling rigs, and um, I, I I probably spent five or six days just pounding this spot, and it started to slow up a little bit. And and so I had my customers, and I mean we were on plane, you know, going probably 60, 62 miles an hour, just ripping. And uh, so when, as I'm going, I always have one graph zoomed out a little bit so I can kind of look at structure and islands and points and reefs and stuff as we're running. And I saw the identical type of structure. And I immediately canned the throttle down, hard left, got up on this shelf, dropped lines, and, and because it was the exact same scenario... We just pounded them there. I mean, we pounded them, yeah. and and I'm you know I'm sitting there just giggling. My customers, <laughs> customers are like, oh gosh, Captain, have you you know you must fish here all the time the fish, and I just smiling like you know these people have no idea. <laughs> I just yeah on a whim. To, yeah, right. But, it, but just, it wasn't on a whim. Though. It wasn't on a whim. It was an educated guess. Yeah, but I didn't even graph it. I mean, I You're I like, just hey, thought this, this looks like yep, that spot. Yep, the wind it is hitting hold it the exact same. Uh, the current's coming through here the exact same. It's a it's a shelf at the same break in height. It's a, in it's general, a flat sportsman. spot on a sharp contour. It's got a hold, and it did. And I'm going to say in general, as sportsmen in general, because it, it, it's the same for hunters and fishermen. Because say you fish the past or you hunt the past. Just because you've caught them this way on this spot before doesn't necessarily mean they'll be there. Don't get so stuck in your ways. So what's working now, and this goes in, and I'm not trying to just promote guiding because I'm a guide and you're a guide. Like this, this isn't a car sales pitch. It literally is like, I've been on the other end of it. I hire guys. When we go out. I, I have a trip plan with my brother in the keys. First day we have a guide. Yep. Same. It's going to show us what, what's same. going on, where to find him. That's 
it, it just makes sense. You learn more in eight hours than you can figure out in a week by Ever. yourself. The, this guy, this is what this guy does yep. day in and day out. So, yep. uh, if you're out there and you're listening, it's like take try not to get caught in that rut of, especially if it's not working. If if you if you caught fish in this spot before doing this very same thing, that's great. That at some point in time, that's going to repeat itself. But if you're there and it's not working and you're actually saying to you yourself or your buddies, like, I don't understand it. I come here and and I usually hammer them right here in this spot doing this exact same thing. Okay, listen to what you're saying. It has worked, but it's not working right now. So go try something different. Like, it's not like... What do you have to lose to try something different? You're not going to catch any less fish. You're already not catching fish. So go try something different. Yeah, so that's that's a real common uh, – that's probably the most common mistake that, that, that you come to realize after you fish every day is that people fish memories. For sure. Um, they don't fish the conditions. So, so like, for example, uh, Rainy Lake is really wind-driven. And um, if you're not in the wind – you are not it, and if that it win, sucks it, it, to fish in the wind, but that's where the fish are going to be. Generally, there's a current that's where the fish are being kicked up. The yep. shallow, the waves yep. are going to kick up the bottom sediment. If you want to talk about the whole life cycle, the whole food chain, but I, I don't kick I, up yeah, the bottom. I don't think you got to get that that in depth. But just just the main point of focus there is is so even even day to day, day to day, you know, okay, we were here yesterday, and this is what we did, and we pounded them. Well, overnight, you know, the barometer dropped, the temperature dropped, the wind switched 180 degrees. Now it's ripping out of another direction. You can't, uh, well, you can get up and just go fish the same spot, but likely you are not going to have the same results. Yeah. You know, so then to just sit yeah. there all day and say, well, sooner or I later. Guess they weren't, I guess they're just not biting right, today. Right. Fish the conditions. Hunt yep. the conditions, yep. not the memories. Absolutely. Yep. You, you, that's, that's a, uh, that is the, the biggest mistake that I Don't see. Don't be afraid is. to try things. Yeah, yeah. Right, especially right. if it's not working. Especially if what you're doing is not working, you, you literally have nothing nope, to you lose. Have nothing to lose. You can't catch any less fish than what you're catching yep, if, right yeah, now. If you're not catching any. You can't any. shoot any less ducks. Correct. Go try something. Go, think outside the box. Think, oh, I read this article one time. It talked about going really big. So throw on a bait that when you look at it, you're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, throw on a bait big enough people laugh at you. Try it. Then, you know, to, to bring up a real-life story, I remember fishing my old man on the Pelican River, and I had a, a long uh, Rapala, you know, like one of those, like the six-inch ones. And it was – he. I put it on, and he was – mocking me basically he's like what are you gonna catch with that and i just kept throwing it and this at that time the biggest smallmouth i've ever seen in my entire life followed this bait up i couldn't believe my eyes this thing was huge my heart stopped i was just like holy crap now i didn't end up catching said fish but Kind of made my daddy eat his words a little bit, you know, because smallmouth will do that. They will, will, they will chase that thing. And of course, if I'd have knew then what I knew now, as far as like how to work a bait, how to work a jerk bait, you know, maybe I, maybe I trigger that fish into biting. Maybe I don't. But the, the, it doesn't change the fact that just because they, we've never done it before, doesn't mean it's not going to work today. Like try things. You're already not catching fish. You have nothing else to lose. 
go really small. Go ultralight. I mean, I can't tell you how many big bass I've caught in the springtime fishing for panfish in the shallows on a tiny 32nd ounce flu-flu jig, and I'm catching a four- or five-pound bass on it. Like, why are they eating it? I don't know, but he ate it. So, you know, I file that in my bag of tricks. If I'm out in – if it's early in the season or post-front or something and, and I'm fishing a tournament – and the, my regular stuff or what I was using in pre-fishing isn't working, maybe I throw on a little jig, a tiny panfish jig, and see what happens. I'm not catching any less fish. I'm already not catching fish. I honestly have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Maybe it works. Maybe I stumble on something that nobody else is doing, and I come back to the landing with a bag full of fish, and I'm the only one. Okay, that hasn't panned out, but it could. Um, that's... As a as a tip to people out there, just don't get stuck in your rut. Like you said, fish the weather, fish the conditions. And I'm terrible at keeping logs. I really should keep logs because these fish are, you know, it's science. They're they're creatures of habit too. So if you can replicate, I know Ann Fisherman was one of the first people to really kind of come down to the um, kind of the pattern, you know, figuring out a pattern and, and replicating that pattern. Um, but it it does hold up. If you can keep really good logs and you can and refer to those logs, if the temperature is this, it's this time of year, you know all the con- all all the condition boxes are checked off. Chances are, you can replicate that success again, because uh, a fish is a fish. I mean, it's a walleye is a walleye. They do walleye things. So once you learn what walleyes do, and when you learn what muskies do, and you learn what bass do, that's just going to help you. So pay attention to those those small details because they're they're not small actually they actually matter a great a great deal and going back to the guide thing if 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 you're a busy person and you only really get to fish for one week out of the year that's when you take your family vacation and you go up to rainy or you're going to lake of the woods or wherever it might be yeah it's not the worst idea in the world to budget in getting a guide for that first day Actually, Dale, if you sit down and do the math, if you fish less than 14 times a year, it's cheaper to hire a guide every time and not even own a Probably boat. Probably is. I want to talk about serious. money. There's I'm dead a lot serious. Of bo- yeah, well, of course you are because you own a boat. You know how much. You know how damn expensive it is to own a boat. Break out another thousand. Isn't that the acronym? That's what And they it's say. not wrong. Yep. Like it's always, I mean, there's. There's always something to spend on it. You, if money is your determining factor, don't buy a boat. Hire, hire a guide. Go. You're going to come out ahead so far it's not even funny. Same thing goes with hunting. You want to talk about money? You want to talk about how much decoys cost and a trailer and blinds and calls and all that shit? Yeah, that that's crazy. It's so expensive. When you can save all that money, I'll tell you, here's this. Save the money. Don't buy the cheap or the mediocre gun. Buy a gun that fits you. I don't care if it's $1,500. Buy that gun. Don't buy any decoys. If you only hunt a couple weekends a year, hire a guide. I would agree. You are coming out so far ahead in the long run. It's not even funny. You're going to have a better (laughs) experience overall. Right. So... So, you know, like I said, 12, 12, 15 trips a year, if you go less than that and you own a boat, 
You would be money ahead to hire a guide by the time you have your boat payment, your boat insurance, rods, reels, lures, electronics, line. Don't go down um, back to the bottom. No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on, come on. What happened, Donnie? I thought I don't know, you were good at this. That's the same one I just couldn't catch. <laughs> um, I don't feel so bad now. But no, on, honestly, and and you know, I tell you what, here here's the the real deal. Oh, boy, Dale! Ah, God! Oh boy, Uh-oh. I don't know that I'd be talking oh, about wow. that. Wow, this one is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know what? This isn't. There's no camera. They don't know how big. We could totally play this up as it's ginormous. They would okay. have no idea. Well, I think they've already heard the disappointment <laughs> in our voices. So, uh, pretty hard. I guess you could edit it. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, should we put that one on the bump board? Well, I don't think we need to. <laughs> What's the slot? Eight to ten inches? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you're going to take later. Wow. Is that a, was that a, a, a homosexual reference? No. So rude. By no means. Ah, <laughs> oh, and he took my minnowhead, too. That's just rude. Yeah, he deserves something. Right, something oh. for the effort. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, if people get get hung up in the machismo take a of, of that, but I'm not gonna. Of, uh, you know, I can do it myself, and Come I don't on. need a go guy. Go grow up. And uh, in all honesty, it's 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 most of the time it's it's money well spent. It absolutely is. Uh, I tell you what's crazy is you know who really enjoys guided fishing trips, and this this until I explain it, you, it might seem odd to you, is dads. You they know, don't have to untangle the lines. They don't have to drive the boat. <laughs> they don't have to hook up bait. That doesn't they that doesn't sound strange to me at all. They don't have as to a dad. take yeah. They don't have to take fish <laughs> off the hooks. They don't have to worry about the boat piling into rocks. All they have to do is sit there and fish. <laughs> and usually after about the second or third, you know, almost always they offer to help right away. Oh, I get, sure, sure. I'll, I'll get that for my son. I, you know what? You fish. I'll get it. And after about oh, the God, second man. or third fish, dads are like. That is a vacation. Yeah, they're like, my <laughs> God, this is the greatest. I could get used to this. Hey, so what we talked about earlier, uh, which not on the podcast, but about glowing things and mm-hmm. walleyes being uh Literally, evolution has taught them to find things in the dark. Correct. Why they're called walleye. I haven't charged this glow bait in quite some time, and I just caught that fish. With that said, I just charged it now. Well, yeah. So take that for what it's worth, which is nothing, by the way, but just uh, as a interesting side What did you think of that 32-inch black rain, even on that tiny little fish? It loaded up pretty nice, didn't it? It loaded up really nice. Oh. Um, I can tell it wasn't designed to catch eight-inch walleyes because. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's got it handled it just fine. Sure. Um, I can't say it's an honest test of its capabilities. No, I, I would tend to agree. But with that. I will say it speaks to a sensitivity. I felt that bite. Sure. I mean, sure. how hard can an eight-inch walleye bite? I felt it. I knew it was there. So. And they um, are not that aggressive. Is, there is something to be said for that. No, they are not. Ag- and I'm on the bottom. I didn't see it because. As spoons often do, they don't fall straight down. No, they tumble. <laughs> Sometimes they get a little bit out of the cone. A little bit. There's still a fish down there. There's another one down there. Let's see if we can, maybe we might get a flurry of activity here. Really, I really want one of these set lines to go. I want to see one of these snares in action. Make it happen, Donnie. Look at your your little fat head's getting nervous, Captain. 
Make it happen. I thought you were good at this stuff. Yeah, that's maybe something else. You know, you call me captain kind of jokingly, but uh, maybe. Actually, I'm not maybe, calling you captain jokingly. Right, maybe something people, <laughs> uh, some people may or may not realize that um, to be a guide on, on international water, you actually are required to be a Coast Guard certified captain. And this water. Oh, is it? And Malax too now? Yeah, which let's talk about that a little bit because I, I kind of think it's bullshit because it's supposed to be. Because this is a Coast Guard license. Correct. Which would tell you they guard the coasts and navigable waterways. So you also need it for the Mississippi. Correct. Minnesota. And St. Croix Rivers. Yep. And then they threw in Mille Lacs. No, I'm sorry, but yes, you technically can get to those rivers from here via the Rum River but not in any vessel that is going to carry more than five people. Well. That's a canoe. There are a lot, the Rum River is not a big river. Not Generally not <laughs> navigable by boats the size that we use. No. Um, so I kind of feel like they threw that in there just to make a little more revenue on the uh, Well, I don't know fees. that it was necessarily revenue-driven. Uh, Mille Lacs can be a very, very dangerous lake. Um, being that it's, That's it's relatively I'll shallow. That. I'll give you that. Um, this and, this and can kick it, up some pretty hellacious can, waves. Yep, it can it can be downright nasty at times. And I think just the extra level of, of training you get to obtain your Coast Guard but so license. Can, so can Winnemagoshish and Leech. Those and are right, big lakes. And, and I don't disagree and then you don't with need that. A, and then you don't need them on that. So it's like they're well, not – it's not – I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. I'm not saying as a, uh, as a client – you shouldn't seek out somebody that is Coast Guard licensed on those bodies of water. I'm just sure. saying it's not required on those bodies of water. Boy, I would I would look into that. I, I can't say one way or the other. I know that it is required where I guide. As far as I know, it's not required, which actually the Mississippi clips both of those lakes, so you would think, if anything. Uh, but then maybe it's not the fact that it's connected that might, like you said, maybe that's right. maybe it has to do with the size of the, the right. body of water. Or, right. Or it uh, might just be annual, you know, deaths per... There's a really strong chance. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm just spewing out bullshit. I kind of gather that impression, <laughs> no matter... No it's matter. never stopped me before, and you know this. Well, so, I just going to say, know. no matter the subject, that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Um, You're probably not wrong. No, but it it is required on Rainy Lake. And, and yeah, that's, Lake of um, the Woods, Rainy River. Yep, Lake of the Woods, yeah, Rainy River, yep. 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 And it, it's something that I'm, uh, I am I want to pursue, too, because uh, I also fish uh, once in a while. Uh, I try to get down to – my brother lives in South Carolina, and we fish out of Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, for um, bull reds in the in the fall. i got to get you down there for that. Dude, I would absolutely phew, love to go down there for so that. It's so much fun. Those giant bulls. And you get, if you go down early enough, you can, you can get some sharks, too. Fun. And for Minnesota people, if you haven't caught a shark – I'm, it doesn't matter. I've seen this happen because, we, we, you know, we invite our friends and families down there. And I don't care how many muskies you've caught. I don't care how many walleyes you've caught and big bass you've caught. When you go down to saltwater and you catch a shark, I don't care if it's a three-footer, little tiny, little ripper, which is the equivalent of, like, you know, a perch a in freshwater. Yeah, yeah, it's the, like they're everywhere. The bonnet heads and the Atlantic sharp nose, those little two-and-a-half, three-footers, they're everywhere. You catch one of those, you're going to be stoked. It's yep. just cool it's to catch a shark. It's just yep. cool. It's just cool. Yep. It's just, I, I've caught a bunch of them, 
and I still think it's cool. It like, is cool. And my brother kind of shrugs. He's like, ah, stupid sharks. He actually kind of treats them like perch, bait stealers, and everything else. Yep. But I, I don't get to do it every day. So when I do go down there, even though I've caught bigger ones, they're still cool to me. I'm like, this is a shark. I caught a shark. Yeah. Cool. So if you guys want to, you know, anybody out there listening, you know, we can make it happen. Uh, but I want to get my captain's license for that too. Um, and there would be something cool to be said. I wasn't going to say this because I wanted to spring it on him, but now I kind of have to. My brother was in the Navy for six years, and I wasn't. So there is something that I'm going to really enjoy making him call me captain. (laughs) 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 When when he's the six-year Navy guy, Uh, unless he beats me to the punch because he's been talking about it, but he's super busy. He's a a busy lawyer. He hasn't got time to take no captain's course, but... (laughs) <laughs> I've sent out emails and they haven't gotten back to me. I'm getting really frustrated and and the there's not like phone number links on the websites. I'm gonna have to actually write them down and punch them in the old fashioned way. You may have <laughs> on to. my rotary it's, phone apparently. It's I tell you what, it's in for some reason here in, in Minnesota it I mean I went uh to a school in Duluth to get mine, but it it's tough. I mean it, it's you almost have to do it online or go to an out-of-state school and i i just i can't wrap my head around why that is but um it is really really tough to find a is, school to is go it to. that is it that big of a market though well that's that might be the problem probably I mean, not but i would think with with I, oh i, I don't know online, the, the I, only biggest, found, I only found two different instructors instructors online there are some online courses right that you right. can take but i want I want the personal. I know, but I guess what I was thinking is, it. with the world's largest freshwater lake, <laughs> true, uh, you know, ninety lake miles Superior. away, yeah. I thought maybe perhaps there would be somewhere to <laughs> take a class. Um, and actually, the place I went was called uh, Sup- Superior Marine Training, an excellent school. Uh, instructor was kind of a hippie, but super, <laughs> super good dude. Well, it's um, Duluth, so. And genuinely cared that, that you learned the material more yeah. so than, than, I mean. That's he, important. Yep, yep. And and uh, he, uh, real hands-on, real hands-on dude. Uh, actual captain, you know, 50 years, some years of sailing experience. So, um, real solid dude. I, I guess if anyone's looking, I didn't mean to give him a plug here, but. Hey, whatever. Uh, yeah, re- really solid dude. Uh, we we got along good. I, I, I had a lot of mapping and charting. Uh, experience from my past in the Air Force, so that that part was was relatively. Oh, you're in the Air Force. I thought you were in the military. Nope. No, that's okay. I'm I mean, just kidding. It, it's funny because no, I'm, other, I'm not even. I was it, never even in any military branch. So for me to even talk shit about it's fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. It is funny um, though because they never that call is like any the stereotype, other, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but they 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 never call anyone else to come save their ass. <laughs> right. I mean, I've been the guy on the radio. Yeah. I've never called the army to come bail me out. Sure. I've never called <laughs> yeah. the navy to come bail me out. Well, it would take out. a while from the hike over there. Never called the marines. Although the navy has pilots too. The navy has pilots. Navy has damn good pilots. Damn good pilots. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yep. Not. I'm not knocking any branch. I love no, all. No, all I love all my brothers and sisters. Um, and actually, the 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 joking and the rivalry is is most fun when you get a room full of oh, us. Oh, for sure, it's the same thing yep. as the laborers, yep. ironers, carpenters, yep. electricians. Well, nobody yep. likes electricians, but uh, you know, it's the same thing. It's no, the, it's a it's a deep, deep love and respect for all all yeah, my fellow veterans. And the same thing with bass fishermen and walleye fishermen. Well, I'm not going to go that far, fishermen. Dale. It's the same thing. I know you're not good, but you're not <laughs> even a walleye fisherman technically. Yes, you do it, but that is not who you are. It, it is who I've become. You're a 
closet musky guy. I can still catch. Well, if I just leave walleyes on the hook long enough, I can still catch muskies. <laughs> Everybody knows they eat all the muskies, bro. <laughs> That's true. That is not true. It's true. We should get in. We should stir that pot a little nah, bit. Nah, I'm good with not stirring that pot. Come on. I, I believe that in every in every great fishery in this state, muskies are present. That was what I was going to bring in, up. In I'm every looking. every beloved walleye lake, yeah, I there's would, a terrific musky fishery. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And so. Anybody out there that uses the muskies are eating my walleye argument, you're going to have to find a different argument because if you list the top five walleye lakes in the state, they share something in common. Yep. They yep. have muskies in them. It's a true story. Sorry, but they just do. Do they eat muskies? I'm sure. Or do they eat walleyes? I'm sure they <laughs> if do. If you can find a walleye that's eating muskies, that is going to be a huge, huge walleye. Wow. they got to start small at some point in time. Except they're not in the same waters. When a musky fry hatches out in the deep, shallow bay somewhere, chances are there's not a walleye back there. Yep, they've usually usually gone to the first break by then. Yeah, yeah. Actually, your northerns are the ones that eat your muskies because they hatch out a week or two earlier. Ooh, we got another fish down there. This is so exciting. Oh, he's gone. That was such a letdown. I would really like, like to catch a nice one. Could you make one of these snare rods go down? I'm down working I really want to see that. I really want to see snare rods go down today about as often as my wife. Whoa, whoa. Clearly, you don't expect her to listen to this. <laughs> clearly, or maybe you hope she does. Clearly, these snare rods have not gone down once. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's a knock on the rods or a. Uh, you may have to edit that last uh, part. Nope, off. it's in. Do you don't <laughs> Son want of you a just got to. You just you just gotta roll with it. She's been married to you for how long? I'm sure she's heard it all. Oh uh, yeah, we've been together for quite some time. Twenty, yeah. 20 that's plus like years. Me saying something that's gonna shock my wife. Oh, I'm not saying she'd be shocked as much as I'm saying the odds of that snare rod ever going down <laughs> again. <laughs> Might stand a better chance. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. That's that's fucking hilarious. So I think we've come up with bottom line: hire a guide if you can afford it. Factor that into your vacation plans. You're gonna, you're not gonna regret it. That's for sure. I don't, I don't know what possibly would happen that you're gonna regret it. Although there is a, there's a range of skill level among guides. I will say. So early in our red fishing experience in South Carolina, we would hire uh, this guy. And if you're ever in the Hilton Head area, I will give him a free plug. Look up the fishing coach. Because Coach is the man. He he goes by Coach because he used to coach um, sports. And now he's retired and he's a fishing guide. And this dude is super cool and he knows what he's doing. Awesome. But one day he was available and one day he wasn't. So we got him for the first day, caught some fish. Second day we had to hire somebody else. We found this other guy. Not impressed. <laughs> Took us out in this little John boat, ran up some creek. We fished in, like, two different spots the whole time, pretty much anchored up, just fishing on the bottom. Didn't change baits. Didn't try anything. Just, like, sat there and basically had to pay this guy the same amount as we paid coach. Uh, not the same value at all. Not the same experience <laughs> not, for the money. Not the same. And and here's my philosophy with, with guiding. Um you need to work at it. The days I think where where a guide earns his tips are not the days where they're jumping in the boat 
or anybody can catch them. It's the tough days. How hard are you trying to get? Are you changing baits? Are you trying different things? Are you trying different spots? Because this guy wasn't. Like, I don't believe this guy earned a tip. We tipped him anyways, but it's. <laughs> so, I, I honestly, I think you learn the most from a guide on, on the days we struggle. Absolutely. Um, if if we drive to the boat to one place and just waylay on the fish. What did you learn? Um, well, what you've learned is that guy's got a killer spot and marked, <laughs> marked at on Navionics <laughs> Or on the fish phone. are really hungry right now. Um, but honestly, I mean, some of my greatest trips, my best trips where my customers felt like they learned the most is, is days where, you know, it's crazy. You go out every morning with a game plan and, okay, we're going to go jigging a shiner on this reef. We've been having some pretty good luck on. The weather's been stable. And you get out there and you're marking fish and no takers. And and now your options are to sit here all day and hope they turn on or, you know, that looks terrible in your customer's eyes. Out. Okay, so that doesn't work. Hit a couple other reefs. Can't find an active pot of fish. All right, now I'm pulling rigs. You know, you're, you're pulling rigs. You're trying to imitate a bug hatch. Maybe you've got, you know, Max Smiley blades on and a little tiny chunk of crawler. Or, or you know, there's so many. Oh, that didn't work out. Now I'm pulling crankbaits. And, and uh, you know, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy amount of work some days. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, they say, oh, you got a dream job. Oh, man, fish guy, a <laughs> yeah. dream job. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Must be it, rough. Yeah, well, I think what, what most people think is that, you know, this, well, it's just like fishing with my friend Bob. You know, we grab a six-pack of beer, we throw an anchor out, and what happens, happens. And that's not necessarily the case when you're a fishing guide. I mean, it's, it's um, I tell you what, that, that 22-foot Nitro ZV gets pretty small when you ain't catching fish. Oh, uh, and it gets awkward and, yeah. and and you know customers you know they start getting a little growly and 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 you know everybody wants to go out okay i'm not trying to take your money and have you not go out and have a good time no, or not. I, that's... I'm, trust me i am doing you are going to see a wild man i am doing everything yeah. in my power to put you on fish it's, like you said it's the long it's, that's a long day when you're not catching fish it, yep. it's, there's nobody there's nobody that gets in the guiding business that hopes they go out and don't catch a fish right you know, my favorite is usually little kids. It's, it's you know, you know, t- things are tense. The bite is tough, and you know, it's always it's always a little kid. You know, geez, Dad, I sure thought we'd catch more fish. <laughs> you just wanna grab the little punk by the throat, you know? <laughs> like it didn't need to be said out loud. Right. <laughs> you know, we're all of, we're all thinking it out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> I mean, like, well, we agree, because I was sure hoping we were going to catch more right. fish, too. <laughs> right. Is that, I mean, catch fish is money in your pocket. Like, you're not. Correct. It, it's, that is a guide's motivation, too. And and it's more than that, too. We touched on it earlier. It's it's the make, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it's the making memories. It's the meeting new pap- people, having a good conversation. Like you said, you, you meet the right person, and you, next thing you know, holy crap, it's 3 o'clock. we got to head back in. Yeah. Uh, and and you, I I kind of expect that to happen more often than it doesn't. I mean that's that's what I'm looking forward to as a as a guide. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to as a podcast host. I mean, uh, so far it's been great. Every everybody I've had on the podcast, it's amazing how much time flies by. The one we just had with Nick Johnson, that was, it was three hours went by so fast. And people are like, "Holy crap, it was three hours!" You're like, "Yeah, it didn't feel like three hours to me." And Hopefully, when you listen to it, it doesn't feel like three hours. But uh, it's 
it's the meeting people, and that's kind of always been my thing. I've always kind of been a people person and a talker. And um, Well, you're a way better talker than a listener, I'll give you that. You no, know, that's right. And a fisherman, apparently. <laughs> Although I might be up on you right yeah, now. Yeah, I think I'm you are sure. up on me by one. Yeah, if we weighed them, it wouldn't be much difference. Well, but... I tell you what, that's what a good guy does. He puts <laughs> ah, his people on fish. see, there it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is, absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you want to pimp out? Pump? Uh, you, you pro? Oh, you just got a new gig with Markham. Talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's kind of a unique uh, position. It's um, it's uh, they asked me to come on and, and be part of the Markham Innovations team, and it's um, it's more of a it's not a pro staff position. It's more of a a help prototype and test R and D and give feedback. Yeah, um, it's cool. Yeah, it, it's a really uh, it's a really interesting. Uh, it, it's kind of a really interesting angle on on uh, the flasher industry. Um, I I personally have been, uh, and I'm not going to bash any brand. Um, you know, I know I know the Vexlar guys love their Vexes, and the Markham guys love their and and you know hummingbirds and Garmin's and I sure, mean even yeah, Lawrence's yeah. now. I game mean, there's a game. there's yeah, a ton of quality units out there. Um, sometimes it's just finding what's a best fit for you it's personal personally. Fit, for sure, yep. they're all good. They're yep. all good. They're they all, all good. do what they're yep. supposed to yep. do. They'll, they'll do all the show job. you your jig, and they'll all show you fish. Yep. Um, comes down to interface. You know, but for me, what it's you, it's I've been a Markham guy for. I don't know. I'm not a Markham guy, but I've I've been a Markham customer, I should say, for probably a decade. And uh, I just I, I just I put a lot of faith in their products. I, I use them on my guide business, and and um, so it's it's not a pro staff position. I mean, I still pay for stuff. Uh, so you know you know a lot of times when you hear on on online and and on some of the Facebook groups, these guys that are just just hell bent on defending one and destroying another. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just ridiculous. That's they all they all mentality. work. Yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, nobody ever wants to feel like they bought the wrong thing. Sure. You know. Yeah. But um no, I'm excited. It's it's a it's a unique position for sure. Yeah, that's fun. Um that's cool. And and be, you know and and pe- a lot of people ask, "Oh, geez, how'd you get on the pro staff and how'd you do?" That? Well, listen, it's it's I just fish every day. Right. I just fish every day. So so when I go back and say, you know, I really I'm really struggling with with trying to figure out these these options or these settings, they say, "Okay, well, maybe we need to make this a little more user-friendly." Yeah. Or or, you know, something to that effect. You know, I, it's really actually honestly, it's only been a couple of days. Yeah. And I don't um, I don't go out and look for and we talked about this earlier too. I don't go out and ask people you know, ask companies. I'm not cold calling companies like, right. "Hey, are you looking here's right. me? This is what I'm doing. I'm look. I want to go do what I do." And then hopefully down the line, maybe somebody comes along that recognizes or that fits into their business model, and we can work together, and and that would be great. Um, but it's not. I'm not going to sell something I don't believe in. Correct. And to talk about like your new position with Markham, I think it's pretty cool. It's going to kind of change your how you look at the Markhams you have now. Because now it's not a matter, is it working? Do I like it? It's like, how can I improve this? How can I improve it? And you know that It, one it of, becomes a different experience now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and you know, one of the one of the really cool things is, is um, oh, they, I, I went down to the to the uh, shop there, and like, I, didn't, I didn't realize that, that everything is done right in-house here in New Hope, Minnesota. Um, I didn't know that. I, that, that. That to me. I don't I, think I knew that with Markham. I didn't think yeah, I knew that either. Yeah. I mean, everything is, is in one building. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's 
it's it's a local Minnesota company, which which you know I know Vexlar is too. So, um, but I don't know. I I, I like supporting my local peeps. You know, JT Absolutely. Rods is is yep. a is a local right out of Farmington, Minnesota, made in in, in Joe and Andrea's garage, and and uh, you know now Markham being being a local outfit. It's, it's uh you know support the people that support you. Yep. No, I agree with that one hundred percent. I buy local as much as I can. Um, sometimes it's not convenient. You know, and I, sometimes I'm not going to say some, I don't hit up a Walmart once in a while. Sometimes it ain't cheap. Um, and no, a lot of times it's not. A lot but, of times it's not. If you're looking for the cheapest thing, probably going local is not the way to go. Um, but who are you helping? Right. Are you helping your community? You're helping some faceless, nameless. CEO of a giant corporation somewhere. Like, well, it's, it's probably not faceless. They still have a face. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. Um, it. And and, and what are you, and you're pinching pennies. Like, yep. and how much are you actually saving? Are you not willing to spend an extra five bucks for something that goes back into your actual community? I, I mean, I know, I know people are cheap, but uh, sometimes you gotta pony up a little extra dough. I prefer the term resourceful. <laughs> resourceful. That wasn't the term you were using earlier. Hey, off, that was off, off air. air. <laughs> that was off air. As it shall stay off um, air. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you asked me if there's anything else. Uh, I, I really don't have nothing else. It's been a pretty good conversation. We should have turned these damn mics on three hours before I we know. did. Well, that's, that's how it always goes. <laughs> and that's uh, sometimes I do. I'll, I'll literally just press play and keep talking because it seems like the more the most natural conversations come up when you're not recording you know sure uh, well uh, the headphones and the microphone are weird for a lot of people a lot of people aren't used to hearing their own voice so it's you know it's a little off-putting for some people but um people settle in so far i haven't really had anything um too awkward on on these podcasts oh it does get a little it gets a little i tell you i was i was filming an episode of the next bite with keith cavias and trent einichner and that was it was the uh the first tv show i i did and we could sit and talk about fishing all day long and not a problem not a stutter not a slip yeah and they you know the next bite is, is on discovery and it's it's seen by an absurd number of people and uh they put that camera in your face, and, and uh, boy, you just turned into a blubbering idiot. Like, you can't. See, I, that's where I have the benefit. I'm always a blubbering idiot. Sure, so yeah. Not, you put not, the camera on not me, it's not going to change. Yeah, I, uh, you know, one one example is is uh, I was I was kind of, I had to give a pro tip on, on using different size jigs for different amounts of flow in the Rainy River. And for some reason, I could not get quarter ounce jig <laughs> i said quarter inch jig we had we and i don't know if it was my construction background or what we must have had to do 15 takes <laughs> and you know like good lord i did it again <laughs> and uh, you know it's uh, something so stupid but yeah. boy when they put that camera in your face but you know it's similar with with the headsets and stuff but uh you know once you get used to it it's no and for hopefully the conversation is good enough where you forget you have it on i mean right. most times i do uh, i mean not always you hit there there are natural lulls in the conversation and then you know that's on me as the host to sure. uh, pick it up and and keep it flowing. The so. nice part for me is uh, your your earphones and the microphone kind of hide some of your face. So I, <laughs> that's. I got this wall here too. I mean, if it's really that big, I can just <laughs> I can just lean over. 
It's, it's, not, so it's not a big deal. I mean, it was a conscious decision to not have this a, a filmed podcast. Oh, trust yeah, me. Yeah, good idea. You got a, <laughs> you got a face for radio, isn't hey, that the old yeah, saying? Yeah, that's what the, that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been told. I believe them. You know, you got to play to your strong suits. If my face isn't one of them. That's just how it goes. What are you going to do? Apparently, my fish catching abilities aren't. All well, that strong. Either. Yeah, it's been pretty. pretty I think tough it's more. I today. think it's the spot. Like I said, it's not where we wanted to be. It's a deeper. The the fish are probably working up on the reefs right now. Had you bought that plow you were supposed to buy, we could have gone wherever well, we wanted. If you got a spare seven grand laying around, you know. I'm, I do not. I'm a, I'm a I'm a broke fishing guy. This, <laughs> there's a western plow dealer out there looking for a fishing <laughs> pro staffer. Want to get some? Not a bad plan. Let let me know. Get a V plow. We'll plow. We'll plow some spots. I'll uh, I'll be pitching you all the time. But anyways, I don't know. We'll give everybody your uh, your contact information one more time. Let's wrap this thing up. I need to grab another beer. Uh, name is Donnie Obert, Captain Donnie Obert. Obert. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm with Rainy Days Guide Service on Rainy Lake and Rainy River. Uh, you can also find me at Obert's Angling Adventures. On Facebook and yeah. Captain Donnie on Instagram. Phone number 612-205-6463. All right, Donnie, I appreciate you doing this. But we've talked about it for a while, and as usual, it's hard to get people on a, a schedule, especially when you're a guide, finding a, a time where you're not we, actually we, guiding. We got this one squeezed and, in between uh, guide trips. We so literally did. It's, it's, and nice. and uh, your clients are using my Yeti, so yep. it works out. Yep. I appreciate the. Uh, the business my way, and I will throw as much business your way as possible. I fully agree with uh, scratching each other's backs in this industry, and there's definitely a big enough pool of money enough for everybody. So oh, for sure. We'll keep yep. it again. If for some yep. reason you we can find another time to actually go musky fishing. I thought you wanted to do sturgeon. That would be great. Well, I do want to do sturgeon too, but. All right, well, sturgeon fishing happens first. And probably not as many clients on that too. Oh, you'd be surprised. It's a bucket fish for I a lot of people. Wouldn't be surprised, yep. but um, yep, yep. I, I ran. A lot of people I, are saving their vacation time for summer, not yes. Very April, few people so. want to come come up and fish the Rainy River in April it's when you might still have to wear your snowmobile outfit. Yep, because uh, yep. well, it could. We broke it's Minnesota, ice. so last year we broke ice for until you get to June. You're not out of the woods <laughs> yet for uh, <laughs> it's still a heavy snowstorm. <laughs> That's just how it is. But all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, Dale. Um, yeah, absolutely, Donnie. Appreciate it. So, uh, anybody out there listening, uh, you know somebody that wants to rent out a Yeti? I got one for rent. Donnie's a good guide. I'm guiding. Find me on Facebook if you haven't already. Instagram, Full Scale Outdoors. And uh, stay tuned for more uh, outdoor podcast stuff and shenanigans. Talk to you later. Peace. everybody huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to the full scale outdoors podcast to rate us to review us um, you're doing great things and we are growing every day and i really appreciate it another way we're growing is we have joined the waypoint outdoor collective so what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the waypoint app on your apple tv on roku amazon fire stick smart tvs Uh, hell even gaming systems so um, if you haven't downloaded the waypoint app 
do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. Um, so I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So thank you very much. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.